All right, does anyone need to review notes or are we just going to you want to hit it or I'm I'm good to go. Just right, never... Hello and welcome to Gaming like a... Together. Oh my god. Hello and it's welcome like to Gaming Together. Oh. <laughs> Wait, can I can I say can I say the intro? Yeah, you this can time? Say it. Oh heck yeah. Let's sure. fucking How go. How about we all say it at once? No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host Philip and I'm here with my co-op partner Nave. Each pod we play through a cooperative experience and then relay to you, the listener, if this game is the creme de la creme of the co-op or something better off playing solo. Perfect. Nave, how are you doing today? Oh my god. <laughs> Having a lot of uh, issues, technical difficulties, making everyone angry at me. I feel a little prejudiced against. How are you okay. doing, Philip? The real Philip? <laughs> yeah, the I'm the real Philip. And we happen to be joined once again by Nick from Friday Night Gamers and... Eric from Game Positive. What up? Woo! Yeah, What's it's up, great guys? to. Th- which Nick, thank you for reading the the thing again. It's always great to have a guest guest speaker for the intro title sequence. Wait, that was Nick reading the beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you mean Philip, right? No, for, for all the listeners, yeah, I think that was my first time reading it because I think you guys started letting your guests do it after we first joined, maybe, and then okay. we came on again, and it just yeah, it's all good though. It was fun. I love doing it. I was going to look back and see what episodes we actually had each of you guys on, but I don't remember which ones were. Do you guys remember what, what episode you guys were on originally? Um, uh, Alice Rose Online, Destiny. Nice, nice. Yeah, and then I believe... You guys uh, were if, um, multiverses. Yes, we did multiverses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Blendo, yeah. And then Proteus. Yeah. We just recently did Proteus, which was awesome. Yeah. Dope. So welcome back, our return co-op partners. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thank you again. Oh, did you guys. intro, Eric? Yeah, I did. Bro, you need to push that monster. You need to slam that thing right now. Well, here, we'll do do a more formal intro. Eric, how about you tell us about what you're currently working on? I know you have Game Positive, but you talked about you were doing some some side writing, some game journalism on the side. Yeah, side hustle. I've been actually contributing to uh, Season Gaming uh, more than I've been podcasting, I'd say, this year. Um, I've gone up to become a a senior and actually a senior contributor there, according to the lore. I guess, uh, so to speak. So I've been writing a lot of, uh, of content there, whether that be articles, but mostly focusing on reviews. I, my goal this year was to do a review every month and I, I have more than 12 so far. Wasn't one per month, but I have more than 12, which is pretty cool. And, and yeah, it's a really awesome place. They do a lot of awesome stuff. They have a lot of talented writers over there, like more talented than me by far. So definitely recommend checking them out. It's independent. It's no, it's not sponsored. There's no ads or anything like that. Just all based on people's love of video games. So it's a little bit refreshing compared to some other sites that I won't name. But uh, yeah, I yeah. do podcasts a little bit as well, as you can tell right now at so this very moment. What was the most recent title that you uh, wrote a review on? Or is it not out yet? Uh, I am writing a review that isn't out yet. Uh, the most recent review I did was Call of Duty. I'm currently playing a game called Duty Modern Warfare 2, just a campaign and multiplayer. Uh, another person's writing a review for the newly released Battle Royale mode. Um, I'm also reviewing a game that's under embargo right now, um, that I can't talk about, but, uh, that should be out, uh, towards the end of the month, uh, which is a really cool game, uh, that I think is going to surprise some people, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of stuff there. Actually, uh, I don't know if it's linked somewhere, but I, I, the reviews that I write for season game are actually on open critic. So you can check out my open critic profile and you can see, uh, all the stuff I wrote there. I don't know what open critic is. 
it's like Metacritic. like Metacritic without toxic user voting and without <laughs> like uh, some of the other shenanigans that happens at Metacritic. Oh, okay. Metacritic, for those who don't know, has different weighting for different outlets. So a smaller outlet that that uh, if they rate a game high or low, it might not count as much as if a bigger outlet does based on just, which isn't really going to give you the the best. Yeah, it seems kind of crook, if you ask me. That's a little broken sounding. Yeah, I mean, Is typically... IGN really that much more accurate? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you can come to your own conclusions. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but typically, I, I should say that the score variance between Open Critic and Metacritic is is not always super drastic. Like they're usually kind of very close to each other, but yep. Metacritic is, uh, I guess, technically very slightly more uh, pure. I guess, for lack of a better word, and Metacritic mm. just won't doesn't take season gaming reviews. So screw them, right? Yeah, yeah screw, screw those guys. Them. <laughs> Write your uh, Metacritic sponsors and get them in there, guys. Think, get them in. All right, Nick. Uh, Friday Night Gamers, what's going on yeah. with you guys recently? Friday Night Gamecast. We actually took the week off last week, uh, which I am very Ooh. sad about. Yeah, I know. I thought we were going to run the table for releases on 2022. I just don't have anything saved up like in my in the vault that I can just like release. I could have maybe potentially re-released something like a like we did like I have audio files from the Between Two Gamers with Live and Fruy. You guys just recently worked with yeah. them and uh they sent me a couple of their uh like recordings of their show and I could have released that but I was like no, nah, I don't want to people can just go to their channel if they want to listen to us over there which is fine. But yeah, I have been recovering from the flu and I feel like my body is a hundred percent better. Like I am, I can go run a six minute mile too. If you force me, if you force me at gunpoint to do it, I could do it. I could pass maybe potentially the air force PT training. Oh I don't no, know. you can pass it. Like anybody can pretty much pass it. Like if you can run for like 10 minutes without stopping, you will pass it. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm, I'm ready to join the military at any point. Just sign me up. Like I need a Hellcat. You know what I mean? But I, uh, I, I definitely, Nick, that is a binding contract. Because you said oh, no. it to someone in the military. Okay, yeah. maybe yeah, I, sh- I shouldn't. I shouldn't go to those uh, go to those lengths too quickly. But um, anyway, so we yeah, with, with Friday Night Gamecast, we took the week off, recovering from the flu. My voice is mostly back. I'm gonna get be very very hot with a mute button, so uh, Philip doesn't have to uh, edit too many of my coffee coughs out on the show. But our most recent episode that we came out with. Um, actually was with Dave Jackson in Tales from the Backlog, and we were talking about a game that I have recently been playing and beat called Prey 2017, and which is an incredible, incredible experience. Uh, but yeah, so definitely go over to Tales of the Backlog and check them out. Our most recent episode was on VR gaming, which was a really, really fun uh, like, you know, talk, really fun discussion that I had with uh, Will. And I, I don't know if people are like super interested in VR or VR in the gaming space. I'm still unclear on where it's going. I know that Meta is kind of trying to push the technology forward. I know that Val, the Valve Index is like one of the industry leaders, but we had a really great conversation on that. So please, please go check talk out about the, the PlayStation VR that was announced. Yeah, was that- uh, I believe, yeah, we made a mention of it. Uh, we talked about kind of like the PSVR and how, you know, the backwards compatibility issues and how it's kind of ridiculous. The VR2 costs $550, which is more yeah. than a literal PS5. So it's it's really crazy that they're, the what they're doing over there with their pricing. And I mean, Nave can go on for days about like Sony executive, you know, PR decisions and pricing decisions. And that's, I'll, I'll leave him to do that because he's, he's so much funnier when he talks about it than I am. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of sick of the Sony, Sony Kung 
conglomerate shenanigans that's going on over there right now. But uh, yeah, so that's the Friday Night Gamecast. Uh, we have a really fun episode that I'm personally working on, and I'm hoping to come out hot and strong this next week and, and uh, get some people in there. Links for both guests down below. Let's go. If we did our job. Yeah, I, I assume I did it because I usually do that part. <laughs> Nave does the art. I do the text and the editing. I, I also, just to slip this in there before we move on, Nave's cover art for each of these episodes is awesome. It's incredible. I love how he's got the pets in there. He's got the people in there. Like, I want to take like a crazy, like, praise the sun picture and send it into you for this episode. If you yeah. ever want like a cut your custom picture and then just send me, you got you, you guys both have me on Discord. Just Let's go. give me a ridiculous face and I'll yes. find some way to get it in there. I got you. We'll I got it. you. <laughs> All right. So Gaming Together is a weekly gaming podcast where we cover co-op titles. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the new Halo Infinite co-op that has been released recently in the last month or so. But before we get there, let's just check what we've been playing in this last week or so. Nave, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been on a actual crusade to beat Vampire Survivors and get all of the achievements before we recorded today. And I would like to confirm that yes i got all the achievements only because philip pushed the podcast 30 minutes down i literally just got done getting the last achievement (laughs) maybe 10 minutes ago we were at xbox party chat and i told him i was like oh philip pushed it back he's like he did (laughs) (laughs) god it's perfect oh nave what killed me about vampire survivors which is also on my list is i was out i was in the clear i played it on pc back when it was early access or whatever and i put in my you know 13 hours or whatever and i'm like i don't need to play anymore I've, I've i've beat everything that they had released they didn't have any more levels and then you're like oh they put it on xbox you should go back i don't know i think they added a bunch of stuff and i watched your stream and they added a bunch of stuff like new weapons and everything this is incredible and then i get in there and i am playing at least at least like an hour and a half a day since <laughs> it, it sucks like, like i can't get away from it and it's just mindless shooting I have it. I've it installed on my uh, PC Game Pass app, and I'm after watching Nave play it on Twitch for a little bit. I'm low key scared to start it because I feel like it's going to distract me from some of my other games. But I did look on how long to beat, and Philip, you know, if you're just going to play through the story, it's like a seven hour experience. So seven hours. <laughs> it's crazy because each level is 15 minutes long, or well, it's 15 minutes when once you, you unlock double time. the double time mode because um, each level is 30 minutes long. But then you can add double time, which makes everything twice as fast. You just play the game on fast forward. Okay. And so each level is 15 minutes long. So it's like to beat, you have to beat multiple levels multiple times with multiple, like it just keeps stacking. I I think I'm missing like only like two characters. Like I'm also just going down the achievement list, doing the same thing Nave's yep. doing. Okay. And I don't know, man. It's just like every time I beat something, you open it up and there's a massive checklist. Every like there's, I don't know, like 30 characters in the game. You click on one character, each character has a checklist for which levels you have beaten with that character. And God, it just keeps on going. It's really interesting because the there's a lot of achievements for this game, uh, like more than usual. And the default base achievement game, like the base gamer score value for a game is a thousand, but this game is 1400 at base. So I think that's very interesting. I don't know what they had to do to like... This could be a Microsoft exclusive Microsoft. or something. Or like yeah, a I console mean, exclusive. It's not on PlayStation. I tried to get Steam. it over there. Interesting. It's, on it's not on PlayStation? No, no. Not yet anyway. Or Switch. I mean, this was a smart snatch up for Microsoft. I mean, this is yeah. this is crack cocaine. Like, it's actually. It could be a great Switch game, though. 
Oh, it's going to be a fantastic be Switch game. Or anybody who has a Steam Deck. That's what I was going to ask you, Philip. Are you going to go for the complete, like, are you going to get all the trophies to for the 1,000 or 1,400? I'm going to try. It, okay. This is going to be, it's basically taking the place of Earth Defense Force where I have yeah. to play a little bit every day. Otherwise, I just see it in my library and scroll past it, which is terrible because I already have two Earth Defense Force games that I'm simultaneously working on at the same time. <laughs> Those games are just endless shooters as well. The lucky thing about this game, if you're trying to get all the achievements in this for some reason, um, it's not that hard. Like, the it is an incredibly is simple game that you just kind of have to grind it out. Like, you can make Pretty the game cool. as hard as you want it to be, but uh, as you level, as you, you can power yourself up with permanent buffs and stuff, and you also unlock these cards that make things incredibly simple. So, at first, like, once you're trying to, like, there are challenges to get to 31 minutes in most of the levels which means you have to kill like survive death for one minute or kill him and oh, at first that is like mode, insane you know well in this mode just turns him off yeah i don't like, know you if can that, make counts. Th that counts that counts for 31 oh it does minutes. oh okay yeah. well then there's that as well well i mean but i'm saying like when you first run into that you're like how is it possible because you instantly die at level 31 but no it's like you there are uh, items like the late game combinations that help you kill death and at first, you're like, how am I going to get them? It takes me 10 minutes to walk from one side of the map to the other side of the map. No, there's a card that brings everything to you every two minutes. And you're like, oh, okay, well, now I can do this really simply. And so it just becomes a, a really – just a mindless grind. But, I haven't gotten that card man, yet. Man, those numbers get big. Really? Does it just like bring all the objects all over the map to you? Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 one of them. I think you just have to get to level fifty with a random character. So while, you'll get it as you're going down the checklist. But yeah, yeah all it, it it every two minutes it brings everything to you. So every breakable, every like random item like the turkeys or the attractors, it brings all the experience and it brings all of the uh, ground items to you. The problem is, is that uh, the gold I, ring and the the was it the left yeah, arrow those shades that show up. They will. Uh, they're like in-game bosses and if you're yeah. not ready they'll kill the shit out of you and if you're not paying attention you can just walk right into one as soon as it pulls over to you and you won't notice it's there until it's too late now you've got a dude chasing you down but uh yeah i love that game so nave in terms of replayability for vampire survivors now that you've gotten the achievement do you still have the desire to go back and continue leveling up characters or anything like that unfortunately yeah i do i'm just it's gonna just it's only like 10 megabytes or something ridiculous so it's just gonna sit there there's no reason to delete it um except maybe you know like people delete twitter and facebook off their phone because they're using it too much <laughs> yeah but yeah. it's like you, that's probably gonna be me i might have to delete this game if it takes too much of my time but that's uh, with there's Forza more checklist yeah oh yeah forza horizon's the same way it's just a giant checklist if you enjoy the game then there's a billion things that you can accomplish Right. Um, this game, every single character, it shows you if you've beat, gotten to 30 minutes with each level and each character. So you can just continue to cross things off And uh, if you're an absolute mad lad. But I don't know if I'm going to actually do that. I think I'm just going to play it and see the big numbers and be like, oh, that was nice. And then go do something important. Yeah. Anyway, right, um, Vampire Survivors. Uh, I also played this game... I did not mean to take so much time for Vampire Survivors, by the way. I didn't, that was an accident. No, you knocked out my time, too. You're good. Um, so, Signalis, uh, this game, I'm going to need everybody. If, if you enjoy Silent Hill, uh, the PlayStation 1 era Silent Hill or Resident Evil, I'm going to need everyone to stop what they're doing, pause the podcast, go to whatever game system you use, and download this game. This is on Game Pass, Signalis. 
Uh, so all the Xbox users are going to be able to get this for their subscription. But I think it's just like a $15, $20 game. And it is probably... If if Elden Ring didn't release this year, Signalis is my game of the year. Ooh. It is wow. unbelievable. It absolutely it's it absolutely booted Scorn away. Like it's it has all of the it, it it's not as artistically uh mesmerizing as Scorn, but it has the atmosphere down in spades. But it actually has the gameplay too to to back it up. And it has all of the uh tropes of these Silent Hill Resident Evil games with the fixed camera angle and the inventory system and everything like that but it it doesn't have tank controls it moves the way you would think it would because there are there's never a transition between in in one singular room so there's one camera angle for every room and that's always how it is right and they and 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 it's it's the, the story is very vague. It's very open to interpretation. It's very touching. I cried at the end of the game. It, it, it's just like with Scorn. When I was playing Scorn and I beat it, I just kind of sat there. And I just had the – it's like Limbo and all of these games, Red Dead Redemption when, before the epilogue, the uh, first one. It's like you get to these points in these games and you're just like completely stunned. You're shell-shocked. I don't know what – I, I can't obviously talk about it. My dog is pissed right now. Molly, I can't, come on now. Dog really likes Scorn. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she's like, a big what fan were of Scorn. Saying? How close was Scorn to, for you, Nave, to Game of the Year? Though was that like in the That's conversation for you? Like, would that win a category if you were in charge of the Game Awards? If you were, just um, it should. It should absolutely. I don't. I, it is nominated for something. Art direction. I think it absolutely should win art direction. Um, okay. That game is just art. And um, I think it, I think a lot of people went, went in with expectations, and they were so it, it they had a bar, and then that bar was obviously unreachable because the game was advertised as something different. Uh, so that's what so a lot of people were affected in that way. And it's also just a puzzle game. It's like Mist. It's a very similar to like those old uh, uh, adventure games, and so that's already a niche area. In particular, so um, I think people who were are, people who are looking for puzzle games overlook Scorn, and people who were looking for shooters or horror were disappointed that you, they found a puzzle game, right? Yeah, yeah. But Signalis is it is it's it's being advertised exactly what it is, and just no one's talking about it. I did, I had a friend come over and just was like, "Hey, have you played this game?" And I was and usually when he does that, it's like not a very good game. But this game enraptured me, and like immediately, and I had to get all the achievements in like one sitting, essentially. Um, I, I I loved it so much. I had beat the game on the hardest difficulty uh, because uh, uh, because of the achievement. But there's an achievement for getting 16 deaths, and I didn't have that yet, so I had to grind out deaths after beating the game on the hardest difficulty. Yeah. Humble brag. It's, it's a humble brag. Yeah. 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 It's just like it's just like a uh, metal Hellsinger similar also has a death achievement and that was my last achievement in that game too whenever I 1000 uh, it. But uh everybody please go play Signalis. Like I'm begging you. I know I'm indie trash boy knave and I'm always doing this to you guys, but please Signalis, god, please play I that game. It, I got it downloaded on my my uh Game Pass app. And it's right underneath Turnip Boy commits tax evasion in Weird West. So we're all in good company over here. Turnip Boy is not that long. Yeah. It's very yeah. short. I think I beat short. it an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. perfect. I enjoyed I it though. It's, it's very silly. You just got to relax and lean into the silliness. Okay. Sequel's okay, coming good. soon. I think I'm there's a couple that. of them. Like, I think it was like a maybe a Flash series before or something like that. I think there's a couple Turnip Boy games. I have to look. Not enough. 
<laughs> Not enough, Turner Boy. Well, Eric, how, what have you been playing then? Uh, well, I am playing something for review. I, I hate saying that, but I, I that is something that I'm playing. I can't talk about it. But uh, the thing, there's two games that really have kind of sucked my whole life away. Uh, one of them is probably uh, kind of expected, and that's God of War Ragnarok. Um, I'm game playing through year. that. Well, I don't want to say my game of the year yet. I definitely, well, first of all, I can't say it because I have to finish God of War first. Uh, yeah. I will say that it's likely going to be between this game and Elden Ring. Um, but yeah, it, it's 1A, 1B uh, essentially for me right now. I don't, I, I will pick one at the end of the year, but I, I'm not sure exactly which one yet. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is, is exceptional. Um, the, there's some criticism I see going around where people are a little upset that it's kind of, um, me, it's like really long, I guess they really go out of their way to, uh, put you in scenarios with characters to kind of explore those characters more and like kind of build them up as characters more. It's not just pushing you through the main thread, uh, as fast as I think some people might like, but personally for me, uh, I want these characters to be built up as big as they can be because when the crazy stuff starts happening, it makes it way more impactful. Um, I, I generally don't like the game is too long criticism because uh, I never I've never played a game that I seriously thought was too long because if I don't like a game, I'm going to know pretty quickly and then I'm just not really? going to play it. I'm not going to get to that point. Uh, so I don't get the criticism of a, a good game that I enjoy is too long because like usually at the end, I'm like, damn, it's over. I wish it wasn't over. But anyways, uh, it's hard to talk about God of War without spoiler, so I won't go too deep into it. The yeah. other game that is literally, Wait, I'm probably on. actually... Before you run okay. too off too, because I every single one of us made a face when you talked about that. So I think since you can't talk about that, God that of War Ragnarok, let's, let's dissect that, that discussion point with the, the game length argument. I mean, like part of the thing that I was coming from when, when you said that, and I, I agree with generally with what you're saying though, Eric, in terms of like, if I like the game, I'm going to want to live in it, right? I'm not going to, I'm going to mind it. But I think pacing is such an important thing in video games because there are games that are like, definitely the that that are shortened to the point and i think that was generally one of the strengths of 2018 and then there are games that overstay their welcome or there are t there are things that are going on with the writing that don't necessarily need to be there like there are editing points that really could have just like been shortened or just taken out altogether and i'm and i'm finding that personally with my experience with Ragnarok yeah, and I understand that for sure, but I think it's also subjective. So if you point to 2018 and say that that was brisk into the pace, it took me about 60 hours to beat 2018. Mm -hmm. I did literally everything and played on the hardest difficulty and soaked it all in, and I wish it wasn't over when it was over. So that's mm -hmm. like my perspective. I I wish that 2018 was an extra 10 hours long. It would have been better, in my opinion, because I would have had more time with it. Um, and And there probably are scenarios that people could point to where they could say like this game is too long for XYZ. But like I said before, if, if I really enjoy a game or if I really don't like a game, sorry, I'm not going to get to the point where, uh, it's too long because if I don't like a game, uh, I'm not going to continue playing it. So I'm not going, I'm not going sure. to kind of, uh, spend too much time forming this opinion that I don't like this or that I think this is too long or that I wish this game was over because, I'll kind of figure that out earlier and I'll just bail because there's way too many good games out there to suffer through something that's too long that you don't enjoy. Yeah. So typically, for no, see, that's my <laughs> objection. See, when you're like, oh, well, let's talk about game length or whatever like that. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about this. But you took it a different way. I wanted to talk about playing bad games 
Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. forcing your friends to play bad games with you is what yeah, he wants to talk like, about. I I there's a, Final a lot Fantasy of games Origins, Exhibit A. Oh come on. Oh, I'm kidding. Like, I'm kidding. I haven't played that, so I don't know if it's bad or not. It's rough. I played but, the demo. It, it, I think it's, like it's, a, it's rough, but it, it's lovable. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like I haven't played the full game, but from the demo, it felt like it was going to the so bad it's good territory, like deadly mm. premonition territory. So kind of like you get to a certain point of badness where it just suddenly flips, and all of a sudden you're Uno reversed into loving the game. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, okay, about bad games. The, the Uno reverse doesn't always happen, but there's something in me where if I'm playing a game and I realize that it's a bad, and you're like, oh, I can just bail, and that way I never have to worry about a game staying too long. I can't bail on a game, like, not anymore. It's something <laughs> Like, since I've started the podcast or whatever, or we've been doing this, I've had this weird bone in me that I cannot give up on a game, and I'm just filled with determination that I will see it through to the end. And that's why I play EDF at least once a day. That's why I I played stupid Wolfenstein Youngblood when Nave's like, we should just quit. We we got enough for the review. And I'm like, we will finish this. This is, this is how why, I know you. <laughs> this is why I this... finished in my backlog Final Fantasy 13 2. I finished that game, even though that game was terrible from Trash. hour one onwards. Bad. It was just, just bad, bad. Terrible game. Which see how many hours backlog. it take you to finish that game? Final Fantasy uh, 13 2. Roughly. Let me see. I might, I might have recorded it in my uh, list because I usually cluster. write down how, how long it took me. Just to think of how many good games you could have spent those hours on. That's where I'm coming from. But you could I have been like halfway through Dawn and Robin too. Is prioritizing and strategizing. See, that's it's, it's funny how you why you say that, Philip, because doing the podcast obviously has definitely like kind of fueled this commitment like ideology in my brain not only that but then i also have a stickler as a co-host william william the king zozo tie the great and he is the one who is absolutely be like did you beat did you beat prey did you beat re4 yet did you beat this did yeah. you do it did you do the thing nick and that's you my dare thing show is your like, face in my presence and you yeah. haven't beat prey yet you didn't do your no, homework I, i'll talk i'll talk about that a little bit later but like the thing is is that even proteus like i played proteus for the review for you guys and he's 100 percent going to ask me like five episodes back to back have you beaten proteus yet and i'm not because it's, it's deleted it's gone i'm <laughs> oh, not no. playing that game anymore i had fun with that game but i'm not going to play it anymore i'm just not going to do it i'm sorry I'm i sorry, feel like guys. i get more context or maybe it's all personal this is all subjective by the way this is all just my oh, own psychosis oh, sure. or whatever oh, that's going on definitely but whenever i complete a game like this I feel like it gives me more context for my reviews in the future. Now, whenever something comes up and someone can be like, hey, man, I just picked up old uh, Final Fantasy 13. You know, this game was apparently like in 20 years, they're going to be like, oh, you were back on the 360 gen, all those great RPGs. We had Blue <laughs> Dragon. We had Last Remnant. We had Final Fantasy 13. Well, hold on. Hold on a second. Let me stop right there. I was there, you know, well, 10 years late, but I was there. And I played Final Fantasy 13 too, and it is not an unsung gym or whatever. Yeah. I don't know who I, you're talking to that says that. <laughs> because no dude, one saw it, about the so gen is awesome. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna make a lot of people that listen to the show very mad, but I don't think I played a Final Fantasy that I've enjoyed besides Seven Remake. Personally. You played 15? Only, the only Final Fantasy I've I ever finished or come close mm. to finishing is Seven Remake. Really? Yeah, I got to the part, I basically got to the part in 7 Remake where you start, spoilers, but you start seeing, the, you go to the, you fall in the church, you have that boss fight, and then you like go through it, and then there are a bunch of like ghosts that are swirling around, and then you get to the village, and I fought Shiva, I fought Shiva, but then after that I was like, 
I'm good. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> and didn't I need to go it. back. I need to go back and finish it because I feel like that's low key striking distance of finishing that game, but it's it's sitting on my backlog, so we're okay. I'll let you think that. The um, the the way that I was thinking about all of this was the as far as the game length is concerned. Um, I don't mind game length too much. I mean, I be I I'm a Yakuza stan, and those games are infamously way too long. Yeah. Uh, and. That's- so I, I, I'm familiar with very, very long games, and I always stick the stick the ones that I want to play out. What I usually get stuck in my craw is uh, games that are inflated with, like, artificial game-lengthening, like, yes. tricks. Like, some weird side stuff that you don't actually need to do. Like it, like, it seems like you don't need to do, but it actually is up front and center. And the game that really helped me articulate this whenever... Uh, it came out was Dragon Age Inquisition, where there's all this meaningless side content. And at first, you don't have to do any of it, but then you do eventually have to start grinding away at this go-fetch quest, go-kill this many things. It's kind of like World of Warcraft-esque MMO stuff. Uh, That kind of stuff has always kind of gotten to me a little bit. And so when games are, like, forcing you to do that, I I greatly dislike it. Um, So as far as Ragnarok is concerned, I have no idea because I haven't played the game and I refuse to until I beat the first one. So it's, you know, it's going to take a while. But you beat 2018. 2018 is an incredible experience. I I, I, go for it. No, you keep. I was just going to say, can I clarify my point? But you you can finish yours first. Uh, Yeah, it's it's right at the end. Uh, I essentially uh i don't like to be gated off from the content that i want to enjoy so whenever a game i will suffer through it if i really do enjoy the game just like you were saying eric i'm infamous for just bouncing out of games all the time i bounce around from like this these last two three weeks when i've been addicted to vampire survivor that's very unique but normally i have like 15 games that i've been playing uh in passing and so if i am if i feel like i'm being I'm, my time is not being respected in a video game i if i i just want to get to the good content that I enjoy, that I want from the video game, then I'll start to get upset and I'll start to be like get into that mindset of the game is too long or X or Y, uh, like Dragon Age, like not Dragon Age, Dragon Quest Eleven. That game was so long for no reason. So like, long. I don't understand. And I enjoyed it at first, but it's it gets to the point where we bring this up a lot: the sunk cost fallacy. We get stuck and we're like, well, I've put so much time. I have to. I have to finish this. And some and and I, it makes me miserable. But we also talk about the ratio of like fun per not fun or whenever you're playing a game. (laughs) Like if this game is like nine parts of you're like you're going to have, you know, nine hours of just useless crap and then one hour of fun. The game might not be worth it. Yes. So just to clarify my point, because like all the stuff that Nave just said about about games not respecting your time and stuff like that, I I think that's a lot. A lot of that's true. But to to kind of clarify it in terms of what God of War does, without spoiling anything about God of War, is like there will there will be like something that happens in the game that will very clearly show you like what where the game's going, like what the major like conflict is going to be. And then the game will create a reason why you can't just go and solve this problem right now. You have to go and do this other thing. And while you're doing that other thing, different character moments will happen that build up side characters that are involved in the overall story. And it will kind of like contextualize them in terms of where they stand in the story. And it will like make that their kind of, uh, storyline more meaningful and more impactful and then like it will almost always at least in my experience so far i'm not done the game but it will almost always circle back and you'll look back on those missions and be like oh that's why 
this happen or I understand why this character is doing this thing now or thinking this way or feeling this way because of what happened either in this other mission that I thought was a little bit strange or even happened in the last game or even happened like three games ago. It comes back because the writing in that game, and this is all subjective and it's my opinion, blah, blah, blah. But the writing in the game is so good that I, every time I'm on one of these things that you could point to and be like, oh, well, this is not kind of like punching right through to the main conflict. This is like a side street that I don't need to go on. Every time I go on one of those side streets, I'm learning something about this character or this other thing that happened is making more sense. It's making me care more about these characters and I personally enjoy it. But if you look at a game like uh, Alone in the Dark on 360, for example, which I know a is a deep cut, it's a deep <laughs> cut, but it came right to my mind. When you get to the very end of that game or what you think is the very end of that game, it, it, it will ask you then to kind of backtrack almost all the way through the whole game to find these MacGuffins that literally adds like another five hours to the game for no reason. When you're right at the cusp, right at the end, and uh, if God of War Ragnarok does this, I'll be really mad. But when Alone in the Dark did that, I literally stopped playing. I haven't finished the game because it was so ridiculous. They just simply just wanted to extend the game for no reason. It didn't add anything to the story. It was just like insane. And Dragon Age Inquisition is the same way uh, in some regards. So I, I will like end a game. Uh, if some of that stuff happens, which sucks, but you talked about Yakuza games being inf infamously too long. And I don't think they're too long because when I got to the end of like a dragon, I cared so much more about, about the, those characters and that journey that you've been on. It just means so much more at the end because of all the stupid shit that you did along the, along the way, all those weird side quests that are optional. The you don't business have to do, sim. The business sim is like one of the best mid games that I've played with mini games yeah. that I've ever played in my life. Like building your, your, uh, empire, your, your cry rice cracker empire their senbei it's like come on man it was so good it's so good and and I, when i ended that game i never once thought oh this was too long or oh i wish it was over 10 hours ago or at any point in time i'm not like when is this game going to end it, i because if you feel like that you shouldn't be playing it yeah because you're just going to make yourself hate it even more i think yakuza is uh special because it all, all of that extra stuff is mostly side content and yeah. that you can completely avoid if you think it is taking too much of your time away from whatever you're enjoying in the meat of the game mm -hmm. um and it's funny you you brought up alone in the dark that is not the first that's probably not even the second time that that no, game we've has come about up on the show multiple times on the pod. we always that nice. game is always in the back of our heads for some reason we think about it. it's the inventory it's, system it's is game. so cool though yes it's a bad game. <laughs> But okay, the inventory system is when you look down scorn style and you can see yes. everything in your coat pockets. Scorn I, is just a ripoff of Alone in the Dark. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of this I game. I will say I pre-ordered the new it. one. The interesting thing about it. it. Yeah, don't play it. But okay. the like it has a couple strange mechanics where like in Alan Wake. Played Alan Wake? Yeah. The enemies are protected by darkness. You got to shine light on them. In this, the yeah. enemies are protected by darkness and you need to set their blood on fire so you <laughs> what you coat your bullets in alcohol that makes them flaming <laughs> bullets then you have to close your eyes because your character has the vision but you when you close your eyes your you can pockets. see their blood vessels inside their bodies and it's usually like two giant veins just going through them like in big cracks and you need to shoot them in their cracks to set their blood on fire hey, and kill them it is yes. this game obnoxious. actually sounds kind of hype. Like I don't know why I shouldn't play it. Oh no 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 no! Don't play. <laughs> basically play as the merchant from Resident Evil Four. Really? <laughs> yes, Perfect. that's a, that's a great Perfect. cut. Well, that's the other thing. It's like you do crafting in your inventory too. So it's like, and it doesn't pause. I don't think so. Like you're just out there in like Central Park or something like that, and darkness is 
breaking like hell's breaking loose everywhere and you're like oh man i need flaming bullets you open up your trench coat and you look down at your crotch and you just start <laughs> like combining things and you're like literally yep. like door through your pockets it's so yeah, good that so was a packing game on my xbox 360 when i got really like, i had oh. yeah i had so it was well it wasn't packed in but it was like a store promo so okay. like I had sold my, this is, I won't go too deep into this, but I sold my Xbox 360 so I could go on a trip. And then I came back and only had an original Xbox. And then I ended up like saving money or whatever, blah, 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 got a new Xbox. And that was the only game I had because I sold all my shit. And so I could only play alone in the dark. And uh, it was awesome. I, that's why that game sticks out in my head. I also played the PS1 version a lot when I was a kid. It was a, That was the first game I ever bought with my own money was Alone in the Dark on PS1. Is it better? So I have this weird history one? with this franchise. What story was that? Is, is the first one better? Well, no. Oh. Not even. No <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Do you have any more games it's you want present. to cover? Uh, I guess I, I won't. The other game that I'm playing a, t- a ton of that I guess I won't go into a tangent on uh, is Marvel Snap. Uh, Marvel Snap is so mm. good. I'm a huge like card game fun. player kind of i just play a ton of hearthstone and this is made by most of the people that like made the best version of hearthstone in my opinion uh and it kind of shows and it has it's the most uh free-to-play friendly card game i've ever seen or mobile game i've ever seen just full stop uh it has the most ingenious mechanics and it's like the most cleverly crafted video game ever because of how quickly you can just whip out your foot i could have i could have played a match of marvel snap while nave was talking about dragon age inquisition and had a good fun experience (laughs) and be done before his monologue was over and you could play it with one hand and just they just thought of all of the things that nobody thinks about for a mobile game and it's fantastic and i've been playing so much of that game like every single day i've been playing that game all right you want me over i'm installing it now that's my that's my falling asleep in bed game just one more i still get addicted i guarantee yeah yeah 100 percent so how does it shape up to uh, Elder Scrolls Legends? Crushes it. <laughs> really? Although I will say Elder Scrolls Legends has a really cool kind of single player story mode version of the card games. And I really enjoyed some of the mechanics, especially the ring, like the mana ring. And I really liked how like you would like there was a, a part of a story mission where it's like you come to like a fork in the road and there's like a, a, a wolf that's hurt when some hunter chasing him. Do you like help the wolf or help the hunter? And like if you help the wolf and kill the hunter, then you get the wolf as a card. Like I thought that was like really cool. But uh, ultimately, uh, it fell off, and that game's yeah. dead. And Marvel Snap yeah. is going to be around for a long time, I think. That's close what made me second, mad. Close second to Gwent. It's I was going to make a joke it? about Gwent. <laughs> you guys didn't no, like Gwent. Like, I mean, I love virtual card games. Like I love Slay the Spire. I loved Elder Scrolls Legends. I liked um, what's the uh, the League of Legends ones? League of Legends, the trading Runeterra, card game, Legend of yeah. Runeterra. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, Pokemon, they just launched their Pokemon Live Beta Global or whatever, because it was only Canada and Mexico. But just this last, I think like three days, they have released it globally or whatever. And man, I'm back in the Pokemon because is that like a, month, a legit Pokemon TCG digital yeah, game? They had, they had Pokemon TCG online and it's free to play, uh, but Mobile? they closed it down for like a month early to launch the new Pokemon trading card game live game which is the, the new one because they close on the old note. I know it's terrible naming scheme. It's just like magic arena, but for Pokemon, the trading card game. Pokemon DCG live. That's it. And so, and I love the Pokemon card game, but man, I do not like the meta play right now. So mm. I will definitely be looking at Marvel snap as a better card. It's, it's really good. So you sons of bitches are going to go 
you sons of bitches are going to go download Marvel, Snap, and Pokemon, the trading card game, but not Signalis immediately? I already had Signalis. It's already so downloaded. It's, it's going to be downloaded. <laughs> it's going to be played. It's and you don't understand, happen. Nave. You, like, when I'm sitting down on my couch and I'm ready to play a game, I'm not playing Marvel Snap. I'm playing Marvel Snap when I'm pumping my gas, when I'm in the line at the grocery store, <laughs> yes. when I'm wow. in the washroom. So fast. I played a game in the shower today. The games are really? so fast, and you just need one hand. I can't do that because it's gonna. it will distract me at work. I will play. I, I will play while, while I'm delivering mail. Delivering yeah, but the no mail. one expects yeah, us to do that Nave. anymore, man. You already, you already destroyed one mail truck. We can't have you doing another one. Whoa, you Dude, that deer, man. <laughs> God, in man. broad daylight? When are you delivering the mail? What? You hit a deer in broad daylight? They're yeah, all there's over. deer oh. everywhere. <laughs> there's deer everywhere over here. There's a reason OKC people hunt problems. There's the Oklahoma <laughs> problems. All right. Uh, Who didn't? Nick. Did, some, did we get everyone? Oh, no. No. Nick. We, and also, I haven't gone. Nick, Nick what have yeah, you been playing? Uh, so, I have been playing a lot of games uh, since we haven't been doing podcasting. I've actually been gaming, which is crazy how that works, right? Oh, you're like a real um, gamer. <laughs> you know? It's like, what's, what's going on with that? Um, I. Uh, I have been, as I mentioned before, I hadn't beat Prey. I, I had gotten really, really far. Not as far as I thought in that game, but I got really, really far in it as we were doing the, you know, build up to actually doing our show with Dave Jackson. And um, and I I learned a lot about I basically looked up the rest of it just so I could speak, you know, with an informed opinion on his show and understand everything that was going on. But it was still incredible uh, being able to uh, go through that game, even though I kind of knew what happened. I didn't really know what happened because as Eric was saying before, there are so many side quests. That game, if I could, if I can contextualize Prey 2017 as anything, and I loved also how you changed it to Prey 2007, uh, Philip. Yeah, that was, that was very cute. I love, I love oh, that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, is um, I. The Superior Prey. <laughs> the Superior Prey, right? Yeah, I think it was 2006 actually when uh, oh, that one bad. came out. But uh, That one takes place in Oklahoma for one day. It does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> but, you know, Prey 2017 is a masterpiece by Arcane Studios. And not only is it a visual feast in terms of the way that they designed the Typhon and the way that they have this incredible art deco, this, this neo art deco interior design that's mixed with like super sci-fi, crisp, clean elements. It's just it's so much fun to live and navigate and walk around Talos One and experience that world. Nave, I know for a fact you've played a lot of that game and you just and you don't really get into immersive sims like that, but you said something about Prey really did it for you. And I, I don't know what it was, but it did the same thing for me. And going through and finishing that game, I I beat it. I did the ending route. This is gonna be spoilers for Prey. So if you don't, if you're playing it or if you want to play it, skip, you know, 30, 45 seconds ahead. But the I played through the ending where you choose to set off the not not set uh destroy the station, but you decide to set off the null wave emitter and destroy the actual typhon that had ingested Talos One, which is fucking it's a bonkers ending. Um yeah. I just loved I loved Morgan and Alex's relationship and how you go along. The, to, towards the end of the story and how you realize that their their relationship gets so deep and the fact that Morgan you there are so many different versions of Morgan you that manifested itself over time because he kept repeatedly re re yeah. erasing his memory with the neuromods over and over and over and then when he would do that he would create operators with an imprint of his brain so he kept creating multiple different versions of himself the story is a sci-fi it's, <laughs> it's, it's fucking bonkers man and it is so cool how interesting that they were able to interweave these really cool story elements 
and how the ending of that game kind of really hinges on how empathetic were you as a person, as a player, because the the ultimate twist of that game, again, spoilers, is the fact that you're not playing as Morgan Yu. You're playing as a Typhon. And, oh, God. Oh, okay. Eric, Eric he, uh, <laughs> he, he took off his headphones. Okay, so we're good. We're good. I, you know, they, you can bleep me out if you want to, Philip. I don't know how you care, nope. how you feel about I mean, spoilers on the show. But, I mean, always um, down for spoilers. I'm, I'm probably... We're cowboys. Hmm. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're just going to let it ride. I'm Did shooting from the hip here, ladies it. and gentlemen. So, yeah, if y'all, if y'all don't like it, but it is it is so it is just so well done from top to bottom. I love the encounter that you have with Dahl and the option to either kill him or incapacitate him. And, like, the way that they end the game, um, you know, everything not being real and everything being a simulation um, is just – it's so earned – in this game whereas like whenever you play watch movies or you read books or you play other like games where Bioshock like, twist i mean come on <laughs> you didn't it like was all the dream yeah but uh, prey is really good if you haven't played it go play it and you'll know kind of like you were saying before both 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 philip and eric you'll know within the first hour of that game whether or not you're going to be into it and for me it hooked me no oh, um, pause untrue that game took me like six tries to actually get into really did you bounce off of it because well, i was immediately be- i kept i don't know what it is about arcane games but i always try to play them wrong and so like there's no there, there's so many ways to play prey but i was so trying to play ways. prey as if i was playing like i don't know call of duty like i was just trying to kind of shoot everything and do whatever but once i started to open my mind up and and try to like understand what the devs are trying to explain to me with like all the different various mechanics of like like hacking and being able to de- like teleport and like all of the different ways you can you can tackle almost everything like you can not hack a single thing in the game if you don't if you want to maybe asterisk yeah, there might be some I, stuff I you have to do everything in that game that was the first skill that i leveled up all the way because if you're the more explorative type, then you will find like all kinds of key combinations or different like hatches that will go to different places. Like you will find your way if you don't want to do a specific playstyle. Like I decided to level up my strength very early because not because I like the wrench, but because I just wanted to throw those damn things that are blocking doors out of the <laughs> yeah. way so that I could go and explore yeah. some more. And once I kind of got into that sim like mentality, mm-hmm. I couldn't put the damn game down. Yeah. And like it's so easy to like just get lost in that universe and the atmosphere. No pun intended, because it's in space. But the atmosphere is so thick within that game. It's like it is. Uh, y- you can just read everything and just kind of like learn so much about all kinds of different like weird sci-fi uh, uh, situations. Like I have yeah, never read. I have never read so many emails. I've read more emails in Prey 2017 than my actual job. I guarantee you, <laughs> just funny. because I wanted to learn more about the people that were working there and the people that. Uh, by the way, all the people who who are on Talos One, terrible human beings. Mostly like 98 percent bad human beings, which is interesting. Kind of like in in terms of the way that they're telling that story, but that's really good. Um, just to kind of move on for the sake of time here, I also have been playing Ragnarok. Um, a lot of my feelings about Ragnarok are similar to Eric's. Uh, I am a little bit more on the... I I do think it is a, a visual masterpiece, and the environmental design in that game is incredible. It is, it is second to almost none, including Elden Ring. And in Elden Ring's environmental design is bonkers. The character design, environment, it is, it is insane, uh, as well as the, the map structure in the building in Elden Ring. But for Ragnarok, I am having a good time with it um the writing the writing team for this game changed and i think that is really what 
is bothering me more than anything else about Ragnarok versus 2018 is the way that they're writing the game. Not necessarily the narrative. The narrative structure is very strong. It is very um, purposeful and intensive. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's just something that there is a lot of meandering that's going on. They are playing with the narrative structure and the storytelling in this game. They're they're really trying very hard to do something different in this game because they didn't want to repeat 2018. And I think that's fair. And I think that's very commendable. But I think something that is bothering me is that I, it's like parts of my brain is like when people don't go too experimental enough, I'm like, why didn't they take more risks? And then when they fucking go out there, I'm like, can you just pull it back a little bit? I feel like there's a little bit of a contrarian <laughs> in me that definitely like it, it, it's got it's got something has to be right on the head for me to be like, this is perfect. I don't think I'm ever going to call any game perfect, but Ragnarok is Similar to the way that I would classify The Last of Us Part Two as a masterpiece, Ragnarok is also a masterpiece in its own way, but very, very different. Like I'm the, these, those two games are not alike in any way, but just in terms of the way that we look at these Sony first-party narrative adventures, Ragnarok is an incredible experience. I'd recommend anybody play it um, because it is very good. The combat is the same. The combat is by the numbers. Exactly. Like exactly. If you enjoy 2018, you're going to enjoy Ragnarok, and they did some things. There's more enemy variety. The way that they have changed your traversal through the maps, I find to be very enjoyable. It's very pu- it's very punchy at moments the, where it needs to be. Um, and it's going to be very emotionally evocative. The fight that he has with the main first boss, like I was like, there was a moment that happened and no spoilers, but I was like, let's fucking go. This is it. We're back in. We're back in with more God of War and I'm loving it. Um you know, obviously there are issues and I think I'm going to wait to do a full review of it later on because I actually, we are going to uh, do a review with the folks over at Save the Game Media, um, Kevin and Ethan and the team from um, their PlayStation podcast over there are going to join us. And so I'm looking forward to that. Right on, because good. Moving on. I beat Hellblade, Send You a Sacrifice. What a good game fucking game, year. guys. It's so Holy good. shit. What a good fucking game. Ninja Theory. Why haven't I played this game before? Why hasn't somebody like literally grabbed me by the throat and lifted me up and say, play Hellblade? Why hasn't that happened? I'm so mad at the video game community, guys. It is it is so good. It, I just love the way, and apparently I was playing it, and uh, Chris from One Hour, One Decision joined in my stream, and he was like, apparently the, the actress who plays um, Senua, that was her first time acting in any yeah. professional role, what? which is incredible. That was her first time doing anything. Apparently, and I, I I don't know what happened. I'm gonna do some more research, but I imagine that she just saw a job posting and was like, "Hey, can I try out?" And they were like, "You're in. Let's do this." And I mean, she, you know, it visually. It is she actually mentally ill? <laughs> is it like not she acting? Works, She's just being herself, yeah. and it's really yeah. good. Yeah, I think it was just acting, but um, I mean, who knows? But at the end of the day, the game was touching. Um, I. I almost I almost choked up on stream like the when when she's finally sitting there at the end yeah, and I didn't realize coming? no I did not see the ending coming I thought that it was going to be more esoteric I thought it was going to be less approachable but I loved the way that game ended and a lot in a lot yep. of the game is very interpretive in terms of like how you read I read into it as she experienced three separate deaths throughout the course of the game. The first death happens at the very beginning of that game. And that's when she gets infected by Hela. And in the very final ending, 
Senua is no longer Senua. Senua actually becomes Hela, in my opinion. But it's also this really, really touching emotional moment when she realizes that she was manipulated by her father. And her mother has kind of been this through line. Her mother is acting as the narrator in this game. And then as, as you're getting pulled through that story, you realize how you were manipulated by their father. And then the relationship she has with um, the old man. I can't remember his name, but the, the guy who basically every lore marker, and he's explaining to you the lore, basically the god of war, right? Ragnarok lore. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny playing Ragnarok in this game at the same time because you're getting all those notes. You're going to Helheim. He's talking about Muspelheim and, and like Svartalheim and like all of the different realms that are within the tree of Yggdrasil. And it's just, it is an incredible experience, a very br brief experience. And I think that just lends a lot of power to it. The puzzles were meh. The hack and slash fighting was like, all right, I guess. But, um, really the the strength is in the story and i don't know if you guys saw the xbox game showcase where they uh, previewed hellblade 2 but that was um, an incredible preview in and of itself and i imagine it was a vertical slice but i could not tell the difference in that game between like cg rent like pre-rendered scenes in the gameplay and so i'm really hoping that that's going to come out and unreal 5 is going to save us all um uh, hellblade's great um if yep, you guys want to hear fast piece I, I, I do a real deep dive into Hellblade on a play along podcast on Get Wrecked. You're just going to have to skip me being a psychopath talking about Spec Ops the line for like an hour. <laughs> You're going to skip past all that because I go Another crazy on that game. Gym. But um, I, I talk about Hellblade and yeah, Hellblade's ending is spectacular. And when you were saying that you, uh, I, I absolutely saw the ending coming, but I thought that that wasn't going to be the ending. I was like, there's no way they're going to do that because that's too poetic and too good. Like, th this is going to be something different. <laughs> they can't then, be that good. <laughs> and then the ending happens exactly how I was hoping it would. And then I was like, I was like almost in tears. I was like, this is this is so satisfying. Holy shit. What a yeah. great ending to that, to that what game. What a powerful line. She was like, you are not a lie, but you are a liar as she's saying it to the end and when she you realize that the darkness that's speaking in your head the entire time was her father i was like oh my god just great game great game and i've been playing elden ring and i've been playing metal helsinger but you guys have already talked about those games so that's gonna be it for me all right yeah the um, actress for for the actress just for your i guess information which is a weird way to say it but anyways she she is was actually like on the mocap team as like a photographer slash video oh. editor like she worked at Ninja Theory, but she's not like an actress who like saw a posting for an actress gig. She she literally was like a video editor, principal photographer. Like she went to school for photography and video editing, and they were like working with a really strict budget, and they basically funded the game through like Kickstarter and stuff like that. So they couldn't hire an actress, a professional actress. So yeah. she just filled in because they already awesome. had used her face to model Senua. So they were just getting her to do it. And then she's just like a prodigy and just insane and amazing. And just, I mean, her acting, her yeah. motive skills were unreal in this thing. I, I've seen worse movies than, than playing this game. And Several, it's just, yeah. it is, I mean, so many worse movies than this game. And it, it's just, it is, that, that's, that's incredible news to hear that because, you know, now that just means I, I can start, uh, you know, doing a little bit more photo editing and maybe I'll get pulled for a big, big title like this. There you go. All right. Uh, quick cover my games since we're almost an hour in. We haven't hit our meat. <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's go. Uh, Classic us playing Danganronpa one. Nave, I only got seven question mark survivors left or children. Still, well, I had seven, but then th something happened. Oh, <laughs> okay. 
I get you. Yeah. I'm and glad we Nick lost one away. and gained one, as it turns out. Uh, I'm going to keep playing it. Nick, uh, wants, to do a, what? Uh, Nick wants to do a uh, uh, better off playing solo on Danganronpa 1, if you're down. Yeah, definitely. Because Nick is also playing through it. How far are you in Danganronpa, Nick? Um, I'm not to the first trial yet, but I'm almost there. Oh, wait, not to the first trial, and you want you want to do coverage on this game? <laughs> yeah, of because it's so good. It's so it's so well written. So good. The first hour of the <laughs> oh, game is like... one of the most boring gameplay I've ever experienced. <laughs> That's what I'm saying if he likes it already, then he's it's just so it's well gonna done. it's fucking smooth sailing for the whole <laughs> trilogy. Like, what you're gonna love this fucking show? I already have so, uh, V3 downloaded, dude. Mm. V3, the ending is so fucking profound it's it's great it is great i what, can't wait like for Philip to Eva get to something? it i'm not saying shit to you oh, okay. i don't spoil games i love you felt right. you play that shit uh, speaking of spoiling of games i love uh or i guess i don't know about love uh play cream de la creme re cream <laughs> or whatever the the, the requiem as colby yeah. likes to call it on his podcast i've been playing that i just made it to the island which has been shown multiple times and everyone talks about it in this like dreamy sense. Like you've been playing it too, right, Nick? Yeah, I've been playing it. it I'm the Island. No, Mm -mm. no, Mm. I'm the very, very beginning. Um, I have like five hours in the game. So yeah, I'm working my way there. Yeah. It's a slow game. Uh, I pretty much use it like a Netflix show where I just log in. You know, the gameplay is unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> <laughs> totally unnecessary I, Damn. I, I think that's like i feel like in terms of subjectivity i i i enjoyed the gameplay i'm not gonna sit here and tell you the gameplay is good because obviously in in plague tale in a sense like the boss fights garbage they should not even have been Dude, in that game like personally there was I don't one think boss that, fight that was like two seconds long where i walked in i saw a guy in heavy armor i set him on fire and he died and that's it <laughs> and that's it, it and, and, and he's like, like i'm gonna end your life little girl and i'm like okay yeah i think that, that same it. boss fight actually took me a little bit of work so that might have been a bug but i i don't know um but i i think that visually like this is 100 percent. it deserves all of its game of the year nods um or or the nominations that it has for the categories i feel like in terms of art direction like it's going to be in some serious competition with people because the 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 setting in the in the mood and the writing for these games are very very well done one of the things that i had an issue with with uh, innocence was the fact that it was a little bit ya it, it, it kind of like it seemed like the characters like all of the characters are just Wait, teenagers. The first one yeah or at least the first one like a, okay. a lot of the characters are like very like you know they in, in between the ages the of one. six and 14 so you have that to deal with I love we're having an appearance from Molly on the show. What a baby. What a baby. She's over there whining, so I, thought, I think she was about to start fucking freaking the hell out again. Yeah, but for the sake of time, uh, Plague Requiem is good. Uh, go play it if you want, I guess. Uh, then, my, my backlog, Bustin, I... Let's see. Yeah, Final Fantasy 13 2. I beat it. Nave, hell which, yeah. full spoilers yeah. for, for the game. That way no one else has to good. play it. You spend the good. whole game looking for lightning. Uh, lightning was already dead because the main bad guy is a time traveling <laughs> god and went back in time and killed her. I hate that. Do you feel like That's... you wasted your time, Philip? No. Have you seen well, yeah. the title of the next game in that? Lightning Returns. <laughs> <laughs> I have it installed on my Xbox. Oh, I'm ready to get is started. there like a Steam Dash Three or something like that? No, what's, what's the it's deal? Final Fantasy Thirteenth. Lightning Returns. It, it, Not Final Fantasy Thirteen Three. You kidding me? Two is the dash. Silly. One. How silly of me to say that. <laughs> 
<laughs> it should have stuck uh, with Nova Crystallis something, whatever it was. Was that the working title? Yeah, it was like, well, the, that series is like the Nova Crystallis Saga, saga or something yeah. like that. Okay, oh, but Philip, the, the real question for you is, is Final Fantasy 13-2 or Final Fantasy Origins Game of the Year? Uh, Origins would beat it not even close. Like, <laughs> In spades? I remember yeah. you guys really enjoying the story of Origins when you talked about it on the show, right? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, luckily we got that. We got an origin stand on that episode. So we, I love <laughs> yeah. it whenever we get episodes uh, yeah. with someone who really loves the game. Was that Keith? Which one has better music, though? Oh, better music? Uh, once Ooh, again, Origins, because it, has, really? it pulls like remixes it of all the other it. ones. Yeah. Oh, shit. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, it's it's not, it sounds like them. It sounds like Limp Bizkit, but I don't know. I don't remember who it is. They should have pulled I'm Limp down Bizkit. with the Nikki. I will admit, 13 and 32 do have really nice soundtrack. Like, just the main yeah, theme, The Promise, yeah, I think I it's called, it is, like, really good. But like, I, I want to know what compelled you to play 13 too, Philip. Was 13 just so good that you wanted to me. know more? It was to spite uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, Nave, you introduced me to because I remember back whenever you were just like, oh, I don't have Xbox Live, so I'm just going to play games that are offline or whatever. And so I go over to your house, yeah. and I see you playing Final Fantasy 13 1 or something like that, and I'm like, this game looks fucking terrible i'm gonna go play halo <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna play ninja blade from from yes! ninja that blade baby yeah QTE like we can go play ninja. real man's japanese game and now i'm coming back around after playing 15 and i'm like i'm just gonna play them all at this point because I, I played 7 i played 15 i played a little bit of 14 and i'm like i'll just play 13 i sit through it and the thing about 13 is i end up falling in love with the characters the story is terrible but okay I love I, I love Zaz. Like Zaz. I love yeah, Zaz. Yeah, I like Zaz. I'm slowly getting attached to Lightning, even though she seems like the generic cloud of the game. Mm-hmm. Where she's that, just see, this soldier, is the problem with know? Lightning for me is that the developers clearly love Lightning, and they try way too hard to make you love Lightning. She's the Abby of Final Fantasy. Good old Last mm. of Us reference. What's oh, the little wow. boy's name? That's the only character I don't oh, like. Oh. And Vanille. Or, oh, yeah. Is that her name? Vanille and Vanille are the, only ones are the kids. Like. Vanille yeah, had like... a horseshoe for me where I was like, I like this character. She's cute. And then I was like, okay, this is very annoying and grating well, after a while. But then she had her a dark past. In the... Yeah, see, <laughs> that is what I love. I love Dark Past. Oh, <laughs> give me Dark Past. Uh, spoilers for Final Fantasy 13. Uh, you have a dude named Zaz who has a chicken in his hair. And the whole premise is he's trying Hell to rescue yeah, his though. basically toddler son. And you find out that Vanille, this little girl that he's been basically fathering through the whole game, yeah, stabbed him in the back. Style by basically giving up or like trapping his son and basically turning him into crystal i don't remember how i don't know why the crystal that's what we call real storytelling ladies and gentlemen basically got him sealed away in crystal and And they've just been working this whole time yeah and that's why she's basically trying to like yeah yeah, like you don't know this and all of a sudden it recontextualizes their whole relationship like yeah like okay that game got so much better after you know 38 hours in but that's for 38 hours. Uh, we just shit. need to move this along. Uh, don't play Final Fantasy 13 2. Uh, I don't know. Watch the cutscenes for 13 1, maybe. A synopsis would be better. That would actually explain something because the cutscenes don't explain anything. And I was even reading the readables. Okay. Mm. 13 2 has a cool. recap at the beginning where it's like, do you want to see what you missed in 13? And I watched it, and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. It doesn't explain anything. Yeah, like <laughs> all the yakuza's have that too. It probably explains something better, though. Yeah, it does. 
Don't okay. click on them though if you just recently played them because you're stuck in like a 30 minute cutscene now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have 333 games to go on my backlog buster. I'll beat them one day. Uh, yeah. Nave, what did you buy this week? Uh, I bought Curse to Golf. That's it. Hell yeah. I thought it looked cool. Have you ever played everyone, everybody, everyone's golf? I forget, I forget. Is that what it's called? Golf together? Is that that's on I PlayStation? Right? Are you talking about the PlayStation game or the Xbox game? I don't know. Every, uh, everybody, everybody golf is like the is like the reimagining of Hot Shots golf. Oh, and then, I think uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. The other one is like a co-op golf. I can't remember the title of it. it was I like talking about. Yeah, me and Philip played it for a minute, and then we're like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, we're like, is this a co-op game? No. Yeah, we moved no. on. Moving on. Curse to Golf is like a roguelike golfing game. So it's that supposed to be really awesome. funny. And like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of random like uh, genre bending golf games that have just been coming out the past like five years, just in the indie space Some for some fascination with golf for some reason. But it's like, I'm down for it. Like there is an RPG one, apparently. And oh, there's this, RPG? Is it Golf Story? Yeah. Golf I, Story I, is on Switch. It's, a, it's an incredible game. I think that started really the craze because it was a launch title, I think, or 2017. Which is about five years ago, which is right when all the golf spinoffs. Oh yeah, <laughs> we found uh, Patient Zero, but yeah, Curse to Golf looks pretty cool. <laughs> Philip, you awesome. you might want to Google this one and look at it because I think it has a demo on Steam. FYI, I'm looking at it now. If it has a demo on Steam, then it should have one on Xbox too, because I think there's a whole uh, a whole tab for it in the store. I don't think it does on Xbox a demo. The developer I was listening to him talk about it, and he said that. To Nate, get a demo a 2D on Steam game. is super yeah, easy. Yeah, it's really cute. Xbox, not, not 2D pixel same. art. It almost looks like an Angry Birds type thing. Looks like Wait, sure. is Angry Birds just golf? Yeah. It's yeah, more basically. like bowling. Yeah, yeah, bowling or golf or basketball sometimes. Or All that together. Anyways, uh, we need to move this along. Patreon. Thanks to our patrons. Nick, Hopple, Michael Superbacker, and the Pinecone. Couldn't do without you, boys. Maybe Nave can even get a computer for Black Friday or something. Let's go. We got to give him a gaming computer, guys. Please yeah. join the fucking Patreon so Nave can get a computer. And then uh, use we've it almost for reached our Odyssey. goal of three thousand dollars, so Nave can get the uh, the RTX <laughs> forty eighty or whatever. I see. We knocked a zero off of that, so we're getting a little <laughs> bit more realistic with that goal. Yeah, <laughs> Toshiba Handybook. Yeah, it's whatever the, works. The leapfrog. <laughs> all right if you subscribe to our patreon you get early access to our listen together's episodes which we just recorded coverage of the ost of last of us part one yeah that was last of us yep. part oh one. you guys one. did that yeah oh, we I'm did so jelly gustavo yeah. santoaya is one of my favorites <laughs> you said the name really? yeah that became a thing where we did not pronounce it right as it turns out yeah i only I, ranted uh, a little bit yeah, I, I I was dating a Venezuelan girl for the first time, and I showed her his name, and she like taught me how to pronounce it right. It was, it was amazing. Oh, we should have had you on the pod then. <laughs> that makes me miss Victor. <laughs> he was Brazilian. Though. I went this, yeah, Brazilian. He, he speaks Portuguese, but he would always teach me Portuguese words, and I'm like, I don't fucking, I can't I do it, know. dude. Yeah. Dude, there are some phonemes that I did not learn in my developmental stages that I <laughs> desperately need for that word. All right, but uh, we talked about it. We listened to some sad guitar and sad violin and some drum beats. So if you guys had an OST you, re you would recommend to us cover on Listen Together, what would you say? God of War Ragnarok got some beats? Uh, uh, a no. bear, bear um, 
he Bear McCreary really pulled back on the I don't know how you feel about this Eric but I feel like he definitely pulled back a lot more in this game and it's very much more atmospheric than it is like foreboding or like in your face and I was I was excited for the audio design and the and the actual score that was going into this game but it is not as front and center as it was in 2018 which is really interesting would you would you say the same Eric uh, I would say in terms of like, like, and that, or analyzing the OST bear McCreary has a insanely awesome, uh, like main theme for God of war that basically has just gets morphed into fitting yeah. into different types yeah. of scenarios. It's riffed on. Yeah. Yeah. So like in, in a game like halo, for example, halo infinite, there's several different tracks that are awesome. Uh, whereas God of War has one awesome track that just kind of mutates based on the scenario. So there's like a sad version of of that or like a triumphant <laughs> version of this yeah. theme song, which is cool, but it doesn't really lead to much analysis because it's literally just that and then ambient noises. Yeah, I, I 100% like, agree. It's really like good in the game, the but it's not going to be yeah. a good discussion. Last of that as well. I don't know if you guys already have it locked in, but Doom 2016, I could talk for days and days about Mick Gordon. Um, and I genuinely think that he's like one of the most talented, like audio engineers, audio designers in the industry today. Um, it's really unfortunate that he's never going to work with Bethesda again because of how terribly they treated him. Um, but yeah, I would say between that and, uh, Kingdom Hearts, which, uh, you know, spoiler alert, you know, we might, we might have something on the horizon. Uh, I, th- those are my top two. Which that's I would throw up Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Really? Does that one have some secret wow. bangers? It's it's like a trifecta of uh, Gareth Coker and uh, the person that did the original Mario Rabbit soundtrack, which was pretty good. Gareth and, Coker uh, worked on Halo Infinite. Yeah, and uh, Ori. He did Ori and Ark. And ooh, Ori's uh, so good. That would have been a yeah. great one to cover. They basically got three awesome composers, and they just made a really awesome soundtrack. That's uh, unfortunately that game is uh, is. Well, I think that's one of the best games of the year. But it's just the, it's very hard to be one of the best games of the year this year. When you have Elden yeah. Ring and God of War, <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's a, I think like, we got Mario and Rabbids against Elden Ring. Yeah, exactly. God. So like these two games could probably win every game of the year the award that's ever happened had they had come out in any of the other years. So it's really hard for any other good game this year. But I, for soundtrack, I would definitely like a dark horse would probably be Mario Rabbids. That's awesome. Fantastic. That's awesome that you said that, Eric. You know what's interesting? I can't that believe. I realized... Go ahead, Nave. I was gonna say I can't believe Philip asked if it had a good soundtrack because it's a Mario game and all Mar- Mario games fuck, dude. Yeah, but it this sounds is, great. This Will has this... nothing to do with Nintendo though. That's the thing. It does. They have is a producer, I think, Ubisoft? that kind of watches over it. But yeah, Ubisoft made this game. That's the the composer that did the original game. I mean, he doesn't work for Ubisoft because composers are contractors usually, but yeah. he works a lot with Ubisoft. And then Gareth Coker, obviously, he does a bunch of stuff. And I'm blanking on the the, the other one's name, but it's a Japanese composer that did uh, some really great work. I'll have to look it up because it's going to bug me. But they just, yeah, it's like a it's like a star studded like roster of composers. Like Gareth Coker, Nobuo, like Nobuo Ueta or something like that. Not. The guy, probably not. <laughs> I was trying uh, to remember uh, Nakayama, what's his name? The guy who's always horny posting on Twitter. <laughs> I love that guy so much. I don't much. know about that guy. I don't know. I was going to ask the, you. the guy who did, uh, what is it, Jet Set Radio? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's always, or he's always just like, life sucks. And everyone's like, hey, you okay, bro? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's so funny. I love that guy so much. It's incredible. Yeah, I was going to ask Eric. Shimomura. If, 
Oh, okay. That's what the third one was. She did Kingdom Hearts. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh my God, that's that's incredible. I'm gonna have to play this game now that you said that. That's yeah, really they're good. The game. Okay, so s- small plug. I reviewed the game for <laughs> Season Gaming and gave it a nine point five. Ooh. Ooh. The game is okay. the game is the best turn-based like gameplay I've ever played in my life. Or I shouldn't say turn-based, like best tactics gameplay I've ever played in my life. But it's it so well Fire designed. Three houses. Well, Fire Emblem Three Houses does a lot of other stuff that Mario Rabbids doesn't do uh, on like the story side of things. You and, can't like, get married and have kids in Mario Rabbids. <laughs> yeah, this is at the end of the day, this is a Ra- Mario Rabbids game. But the combat systems and the way that the tactics gameplay works is far superior to anything else that's ever existed, or at least that I've played. There's a lot of games I haven't played, but uh, from what I've played, and I have played Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, this slaps. This this is the best ter- or tactics sorry combat ever. I would love Hot if take. like the end of the game is like the uh, Peach Rabbit had killed Birdo and there's like some <laughs> betrayal and like <laughs> yeah. super story related murder uh, Daisy the third composer is grant kirkhope he did banjo kazooie donkey kong perfect dark and goldeneye he did my oh my god dark oh yeah so that's <laughs> the game that they got on. fucking they got the the a team on that one game like a game that yeah. has no business being that good in terms of audio design that's awesome i love that yeah the theory right, is that's... everybody wants to work on a mario game and mm. nintendo doesn't let anybody work on mario games and this is like a weird scenario where they had a chance to so they all flocked. Yeah. Give us money on Patreon. Nave, what's on the Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I posted. Uh, give me a second. I'm sure you and did. Mario, I mean, Molly's really pissed. Mario's probably also pissed. Stop. <laughs> Mario is so angry right now. Why did they not give that man any cake? That's what I don't understand about the movie. They didn't give him cheeks at all. Like, come yeah. on, bro. We need We need Mario cheeked up all day long. Yeah. You really need quads and 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 you need that to jump for all the Mario jumping, jumping, yeah, all Mario. the running and jumping he does. Yeah, man, Mario squats. And we did not get Mario. anything written in for Halo. Looks like oh, the zeitgeist listeners. is over. Halo's dead, dead game. Yeah. On Sunday, look for game sweet. <laughs> Sometimes right, on Saturday, if I don't trust myself. Now that we're an hour and fourteen minutes, let's take a break and then we can hit our meat. You guys need a bathroom break? No, we won't get one anyway, even if you ask. I know your tricks, I don't like, Philip. I don't like how you said it. we're going to hit our meat. <laughs> the meat. <laughs> and we're back. You can't make me laugh. <laughs> we're Halo we're Infinite. Yeah. Uh, the co-op campaign just released sometime in November, I think. I don't know, maybe. Eight. It was pretty recent, maybe late October. Uh, once again, 343 Microsoft. Uh, one thing I want to go at the top is just our hours played. Uh, in this case, Nick is our noob with only two days and 22 <sighs> hours in the game. Only 48 hours. Wow. Yeah, wow. The ultimate disrespect. <laughs> Nave coming in hot with his nine days and 16 hours. Then I thought I was in pretty prime with my 11 days and two wow. hours in the game. But then Eric had 12 days in this game in five hours. Incredible. Incredible. I see you're hey, still man. playing the game. Yeah, dude. Forge. Forge? You just in there forge, forge head? Your forger? Have you guys have you guys played anything on Forge yet? No, I messed with uh, it a little bit, but I have been watching Chris Raygun on like religiously. He's been trying to remake what is that map? We established this yesterday, Philip. It's the map from Halo Three with the beach and the base Overwatch? on the other side. Overlook, look over. Um, high ground is what he's high making. ground. That's it. High ground. 
fucking awesome. And it it was like immediate. I was like, oh, I know that map. Like I know what he's making. It's so it's so fucking cool. The forge mode is so intricate, and like you can get so much stuff done. Which I'm all right, excited. let's just save ca- the campaign for the back half. Let's just talk about forging custom games at this point because this is what I really want to talk about. Well, Eric, should we do the forging? campaign at the end? Because we oh, yeah, what do we have to even say? Okay, fine. Well, we can just get it over with. Yeah, all right. Yeah. When you start talking about remaking classic maps, like obviously that's an awesome part about Forge, and oh, yeah. and people are making literally every map that's ever been in Halo, and by probably the end of the year, we'll have a remake of every map. So Halo Infinite will yeah. literally have every Halo map. But what I was playing in Forge is not like a remaking classic maps. What I was playing was Mario Kart, where a yeah. giant Master yes. Chief races on a tiny warthog skateboard uh, yes. on like Rainbow Amazing. Road. Yeah, did you do the Space playing... Invaders level? I didn't do Space Invaders, oh, but man. I played Duck Hunt, which is my new favorite game. But apparently, this was in Halo Five. But I was just like way too. Duck like, Hunt was back in three as well. In... Yeah, this one's a little bit crazy though because I don't know if you could do some of the stuff that you can do in this forge. Like the level that I played was like this huge tower that kind of you had to go up, almost like Donkey Kong, the arcade Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. It was like lifts and stuff, and like one person's a sniper. That part of it's probably the same where yeah. they have to try to kill all the ducks, and if you can get to the top, you spawn behind them with a rocket. That was super <laughs> fun. I was playing paintball, which basically gives it makes it so you die in one plasma pistol bolt uh, or shot like a paintball gun kind of. Yeah. Uh, and I was playing um, Kong Slayer, which is a game mode that 343 actually made where you ha- you spawn with infinite fusion coils that you have to throw at people to kill them. <laughs> and you get moon boots, so you get like better, like crazy gravity and like you, everybody spawns with grappling hooks. So you literally are jumping like King Kong and swinging through the maps, holding a barrel and chucking it. That sounds <laughs> awesome. That's, that's awesome. amazing. Yeah, that's actually in matchmaking if you go into like the random matchmaking playlist because that's yeah. a mode that 343 actually made, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, the kind of um, groundhog mode where everybody spawns in like this open field and like these little about diglets. Yeah, you're kind of like a diglet. You're in like this little hole <laughs> that, and you're, you spawn crouched and everybody's a sniper. And you have to like po- poke your head up and poke your head down to see where people are and try and snipe them, which is like super fun. Okay, that's uh, And then like custom diglets. maps that people made. This became a yeah. running joke because, like, at one point, me and Abe, we didn't finish the campaign because we played it until, you know, yesterday, the day before the review. And we're like, we could finish the story, but we know how it ends. You want to go play custom games? And he was like, yeah, we're going to go play some custom games. And from the minute we started, we were talking about Diglets because that was what it was repeatedly popping up in people's looking for groups that, hey, we play Diglets and stuff like that, which I assume is a sniper game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we would get into a lobby and they'd be like, hey, you want to play some Diglets? And I'm like, yeah, we can be sure. And I loved coming and be like, oh man, Diglett sucks. Let's not play that. And then I remember it was like our Just last the party. only toxic one in the party. Yeah, only one. I love yeah. that. We never played Diglett's because the more. one time somebody like all the way at the end, they loaded up Diglett's. They were about to hit start. And I'm like, yo man, let's not play Diglett's. Let's play something else. <laughs> <laughs> After like, God, I was like the one that suggested it too, just to egg Nave on. And Nave was like, yeah, let's play Diglett's. The guy changed <laughs> and the last never played it. We played like High Rise, like a, a remake of the Call of Duty map or whatever, which that was pretty good. Like, yeah, whenever I so was, uh, when Nick was playing uh, earlier today, he was looking at the LFGs and one of them was like Call of Duty maps only. And Nick was like, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is going on here? Why Why are they doing this? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's like Call of Duty and Halo. I don't like strangers. So that's one of the reasons that like kind of like... <laughs> 
it like <laughs> pulls on. me. I just don't like dealing with strangers online. So it's definitely like when I'm looking at LFG, like it's very, I, I like the ones where they say adults only because I don't want to like fucking jump in a lobby with a 12 year old who is just okay, the worst that, person that's ever. That's kind of sus though. Because is like, it? we joined one that was supposed to be adults only. And the next thing it was he's all like, kids. yeah, he's like, let me get my little brother oh, here and no. his little friends. And then Jana came home at, like after doing shopping and brought McDonald's stuff. And she's like, are you playing with children? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yes, yeah, I sure am. I yeah. sure am. Hey there, children. <laughs> We're on the same yeah. school level, right? <laughs> What's up, fellow kids? Yeah, big Steve Buscemi vibes for sure. And that's our Seinfeld reference for the week. <laughs> but yeah, TLDR Forge is incredible, and it's just going to keep getting better every day. I'm so excited. I'm like, it's crazy because we were playing campaign co-op and, and I was just like, I'm having so much fun, actually. And I I completely forgot about all, like, we really did save it for the last day because we just forgot. We were just having so much fun in campaign. But we had to go and try out some of these custom games. And uh, do you remember all the game modes we played? Because I got heavily yes, intoxicated. I wrote them down. Uh, like the Good. first one we played was Avalanche, which was just a big snowy hill with boulders rolling down it. You had two different yeah. teams with plasma pistols, and you needed to race to the top and king the hill stay at the top of the Avalanche. So you would basically try to dodge these giant boulders rolling down Indiana Jones style, get to the top, and then you get a plasma pistol fist fight with the other team <laughs> that made it on the other side of the mountain to the top. And while you're fighting, you're like, I really don't want to die because it is cancer to climb this mountain. <laughs> But once you make it to the top, it is like sweating as you're trying to punch some other dude's lights out. Uh, there was just traditional gun game, which we played with like 24 people on a it Halo was mass 1 remake. Chaos. Like you That's were crazy. spawning, yes. instantly killing another person. Like you would spawn and see two other guys popping in front of you, and you're like, oh, go, go, go. And, then you're just like <laughs> and like melees didn't count. So to get your gun, you had to kill him with a gun, and it was so cutthroat. Was just going. To, I ended up getting like a multi kill just because people were spawning up front of me, and I'm like, "Oh no, I have the commando! Oh no, I got like it just like changed so fast." <laughs> it was, dude, I got it was stuck on that commando, dude. I got stuck on it. Yeah, because people were running around with shotguns and freaking rocket launches. I'm like, "Shit!" I'm like, "This gun is not good in multiplayer." Fuck. Is this something I want to know about how you guys logistically handled the LFGs? Uh, because like what what did you do because were you and were philip and nave were you two just in like one party together and no, then we like joined philip, their party you, and then okay, they tried so to take it over you were like okay you're gonna look at okay the the guy that it looks like uh i don't know shady shady kitten 2013 he's playing he's playing solos and uh diglets only let's join there let's do it and then you just yeah. stay and you both find it and do that that's uh, really yeah. how it worked I like am, way back <laughs> I am a veteran of the LFG communities um, <laughs> okay. because I play a lot of Rainbow Six Siege, and that game is the most depressing to play by yourself. And so uh, I kind of just have—I don't—I don't know how to describe it, but I can just—I have a feelings when I'm looking at them. I'm like, ah, it's gonna suck. This one's gonna suck. I just by the wording, what the tags are, and everything. You kind of want to see how tryhardish no. people are sounding. You usually want to—you usually want to avoid ones that say "girl host" because those turn into oh, weird, yeah. like circle oh, jerks. Do they? It's like, yeah, there's some weird like, ones. Like you'll scroll through, and you're just pictures. like, man, that's a bold profile picture. <laughs> mm. 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 yeah it has nothing to do with girls in general it has everything to do with boys in general because people get yeah. fucking weird in those parties because mm. there are people who just specifically only look for those and that's what they're appealing to that's just kind of how it's become but Got um it. you have a lot of different things that you want to look for um but yeah uh we basically just jumped in and i just invited philip i didn't even ask 
I was like, if Philip gets booted, then I'll just leave. We'll find another elf. She's not going to be a big deal. But uh, we never got booted, I don't think. We usually just left of our own accord. Which is funny because the host didn't have a mic, but he was in the party. So we're just yelling at him to like, hey, play this game, play this game. And just no reply (laughs) ever. I have such a hard time imagining you being super toxic in a multiplayer online setting, Philip. I don't know why. I just have this. I, I just have this image of Philip in my mind, and that's oh, the no, it's like opposite. Not pure toxicity. You got to do the passive. Only to toxicity. me. Oh, <laughs> okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Manipulation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah, he um, gaslights the whole party into hating me. Suddenly, it's the fucking worst. <laughs> hey, that guns versus kitten guy is fucking terrible. You need to boot him right now. Yeah. Which we did that too. And like, like someone would join like the lobby, but they wouldn't be in the party yet, and they would already be like negatively downgrading someone. Like, yes. this guy, oh no, Cod uh, Dog Forty Sevens here, not again. I, I just played with this guy yesterday. And then one time, someone actually put his not mic again. on. It was like, "What did you say to me, Guns versus Kittens?" It's like, "Oh no!" He can defend himself. He's defending himself. That's not good. Because yeah. so many people join the join the party just to get the group giant mass invite, right? It's like yeah, a lot of people it, aren't yeah. actually talking. So yeah, they're just not in the. They don't have mics at all. That's what I saw a yeah. lot was like mic optional or something like that. And so, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of mic optional. Which, it's cool too because Halo Infinite has its own chat, has its own like text chat. And uh, something that we learned in Among Us uh, was that if you're on Xbox, you can open up the keyboard and then press the the box within Back a box button. button. Yeah. the back button but um you press that button and it and it turns on the microphone so you can do voice to text and it's oh. not that bad it's pretty reliable actually oh, so once i re- once there were people on pc texting in the thing and i was like oh my god quick oh find romeo and juliet oh, romeo no. and juliet and i just started reading romeo and juliet in the text chat uh-huh. while the games were loading it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing all right so we did gun game uh one was like a world war one trenches game type call back to izonto and Verdun. Hell yeah. It dude. had like a World War One tank, like the constructed in Forge. Uh, and had all these like, it's crazy it to see. in the sky. Like yeah, they were so much detail. One vibes. Yeah, and yeah. Like, that was it. It's like you would pop out of the little holes and you're just like shooting across the gaps, which that's even what I titled this episode, Halo 6, the big red one. <clears throat> and, and the Zencaster title still pending. Oh yeah, not this episode, the, the Zencaster, yeah. Uh, but there would be like one tank that would spawn on like the far side and it's just lighting up the battlefield and you're like, I can't get out of the trenches otherwise I'm just going to get blowed up. Or like there's there were fucking they had the Gatling guns on the on the other side. There was one side that was clearly like Germany and one side that was clearly like France or some shit. Oh, no. Like someone just getting steamrolled. And I, and we were like, we gotta try harder, team. And I'm like, they have a fucking tank, dude. Like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do about that? <laughs> I really feel like I'm in the trenches right now. Uh, there was a Space Invaders racing game type, which this track had to be like a minute and 30 seconds long for like a single lap. And if you died, you would restart the whole lap. And it was like first to 10 laps win. And this was the most brutal game type we played all the time because we you would die so much. And this is the thing that uh, like, and I fell into this as well, where if you realize you're not going to win, you just make a line. And like you, you get in the way of everyone else right at a jump so that they crash into you and fall down into the pit. And then everyone would start doing that. Like So there'd be like three people actually racing and everyone else is trying to be booby traps on the field. So <laughs> yeah. it really t- it's like I'm the Koopa shell in Mario Kart. Yeah. So for the listeners at home and, and, I, and at risk of over explaining this whole concept, all of these custom games and these custom 
game types. They're all thanks to Forge, right? They're not yeah. supported by 343 like at all. It's just that people are making these in Forge, making their own games. There are a bunch of preset rules that you can make in these lobbies that people are creating. And so they create their own custom game and then you just join them and then it's whatever. You're just jumping into whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And cool. you can okay. download these as well. Like there is a big old uh file share thing like a catalog that you can flip through and you can do most pop it's kind of like mario maker you can do like most popular most downloaded most played it's yeah. weird though because it's like all of the top ones are like just regular levels and regular game types because technically those are the most played because people are playing on the regular maps and normal gameplay but it's like once you get through all of that you'll find some crazy stuff that's, that's uh one awesome. crazy one we found was cup pong where you have two different sides loved with it. cups lined up and you would just drive a mongoose and ramp into the middle to try to land in the opponent's cups. But at the like apex of your jumps, you guys intersect with each other. So you're lined yes. up perfect to land in a cup, but so is the guy on the other side. So then you guys just <laughs> nose to nose Collide. crash into each other and explode. <laughs> and you're like, God damn it. Why is it one cup or is it like a pyramid of multiple no, it's, cups? It's the pyramid. The pyramid it's, of it's cups. It's just beer okay, pong. So it's beer pong. Beer pong yeah, with, with beer mongoose. Pong. With mongoose. And what's really cool is that they Amazing. they uh, made a screen at the top. It's like bowling where you can see which cups you still need to hit. And we, no oh, one noticed yeah. that for a long time. Not even the person who was running the thing. They're like, oh, <laughs> shit. That's cool. But uh, like, so it's really funny that the colliding in the midair and everything, it's great. But the funniest thing is, is that I think that game mode wasn't made for 24 people because we had like a max lobby when we were playing and so the the mongoose weren't like respawning fast enough so a lot of times we're just standing around punching each other and like waiting for mongooses to spawn up and then since there was only one and there's eight people waiting like one person would jump on and another person would get in the back and then we were like starting to recognize people so i'm like gold guy and he'd drive over to me and i'd get in his thing he's like guy with the purple guy with cat ears get in we oh, gotta you got make, the we cat gotta ears, Nave. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. an alpha gamer. He's got the cat ears. I really want the 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 light up unicorn spikes that are on top of the yeah. helmet. Mohawk. Yeah, I really want those. Yeah, I don't know how to get. I don't want to pay for them. I don't want to pay for anything in this game. I don't, don't want to give them that, my money. I don't think that think one's paid for. Pass. It might come back. No, it was. Oh, a no, it was event. the event. Yeah, it was, it was event. like Mohawk was an event. Yeah, the Mohawk. It was free. You could have earned it for free. Yeah, if you were playing like a regular that also, gamer, that also opts you didn't me just out because I'm just days. a bad, I'm a bad gamer, so I'm not. I don't have the dedication. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, call it as two games, two two days of game time, only forty eight <laughs> hours. Yeah, I do yeah. love the customization though. There was something about like having all of the uh, different spartan types like the spartan armor types armor cores that's what it's called and at first i really didn't like that i be, mostly because things don't like like purple doesn't go between all of them you have that oh, purple yeah. for each different one it, that's really annoying but um now that there's a, a couple of them i don't like all of the new ones like at all i just like the first two so those are the ones i've decked out the most but i like just switching between them and seeing that like i never really am into customization too much with like really different well i want to customize one thing and that's me forever and okay. the, but i don't ever it's like among us their customization so bare bones that i was just flipping between stuff but usually that's not how i play but i actually do enjoy like because sometimes i'm like i'm feeling the odst helmet today and i go as a mark five instead yeah yeah i get that so I, eric or and nick uh we, we talked about strangers earlier I was so surprised because this really reminded me of the early days of our Halo custom games because you guys are both old time gamers. Oh, like yeah. Us. So you guys remember Halo 3, Halo Reach, all that time of playing Absolutely. custom games. 
the how fast you just meld into the stranger group was fantastic. Like you really develop inner player relationships just over like 30 minutes of playing. Cause like, there was like, I'll never forget spicy milk. And, uh, I don't remember the rest of their names, but I'll never there's forget one them. Guy just with, there's one guy I became bros with and his name was just halo and some numbers. <laughs> <laughs> like, John, like, halo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you I what we played we played hunger games and it was literally just the map of the hunger it was just the hunger games you know how everyone in the movie starts in a big circle and you run to the middle yeah. where all the weapons are the that's are. just it and so he was repeatedly like the one of the last ones there and so oh, no. i was always my money's on cheer. halo yeah we would all spectate <laughs> yeah. we're all talking crap about who's gonna win you got this <laughs> yeah, get out of the trees you coward <laughs> why are you <laughs> hiding from them <laughs> Yeah, one of the kind of side benefits, if you can call it that, of Halo having the struggles that it did. I don't know if we're talking about that or, or whatnot, but having kind of the a lot of the community fall off and, and flock to other games is the people that are left uh, are more or less like uh, really awesome community members. Like like a lot of the yeah. people that are chasing the flavor of the month and stuff like that tend to be, at least in my experience, like more toxic than not. Oh, and yeah. so a lot of those players are actually gone to other games now. So now that... Yeah. Uh, Halo forges back and you go into LFG and then soon I think in January or the next season they're going to actually add a server browser in game so you don't need to God. use LFG oh, which, no, which will be a little perfect. bit better uh, but the people that are left are genuine Halo fans a lot of them are older I would say from my experience anyway more mature and, and typically at least in my experience all the groups that I've joined random or or like half random uh, have been really good see I love that yeah, you say that Eric lifers. because I didn't even think about that because now now that we have Overwatch 2 come out, Modern Warfare 2, so all of the people who were causing a lot of the toxicity that I personally was experiencing in like November, December of 2021 probably are gone. So I, I love that, that that's probably the case here. I, I, I also, I get a little bit of the ick, you know, playing with people that I don't know. I generally only like, because I've had bad, yet. Yeah, don't know yet. Exactly. A stranger is just a friend oh that you, you're waiting to learn, right? Boo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that it, there is a little bit of Band-Aid that needs to be ripped off so I can just like jump in the LFG lobbies and just join up. I'm glad that you told me to skip the girl host lobby. I probably wouldn't have done it anyway you have, because you've been baited right into it. You wouldn't have noticed. You, you honestly, you wouldn't have noticed because it'd be obfuscated by a hundred other tags and then you'd go yeah. in there and you'd be like, oh, this sucks. I hate LFGs. Uh -oh. And so I have a couple of friends who don't do LFGs. They only follow me into LFGs because of that kind of experience. Okay. Interesting. Well, we could just start up our own group someday. Like we could probably put the bat signal up and fill a lobby up. You can use 24 spots. I, bet I know season yeah. gaming does. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be weekly or not, but last week anyway, they had a big kind of forge night and they just invited like whoever would come. Uh, and we had a lobby of like 12 plus people consistently the whole night. So yeah. it was really fun. And I'm sure we can put our heads together and pull. I'm some, so scared some of getting together. like, re-wrapped up into forge because i remember me and phillips used to spend like dozens of hours in a week just in forge just building our own shit until it became there was this one map we made in in foundry with just uh it was like a big middle wall with a bunch of holes in it and then we made these bases and at first the two bases looked different but we kept going to the other side and being like mm, yeah that's a good idea i guess i guess i'll <laughs> steal that pretend i didn't and like but eventually it came became a symmetrical thing and it looked it was a really fun map that a lot of our friends used to really love to play and i'm so nervous about that like getting re-wrapped up into it because i can get stuck 
on this. I used to make Gears of, of War maps in Halo Forge. Oh my that god, that I sounds did. amazing! I made gridlock and I made Mansion. Dude, then it's coming. Like if three four three can just keep their finger on the pulse. Damn it, three four three, please don't, keep your finger don't on screw the pulse. This up. Don't screw. Uh, don't you have something uh, insane? Yeah. If they can do it, then uh, if they can start incorporating these really uber popular maps and stuff, and like like uh, bringing these people who are great at Forge like into the limelight, like kind of similar to Halo Three, what like in the Halo Three days where they would have the file Creator share spotlight. of the week and yeah. stuff, Creator yeah. Spotlight. Yeah. If they can start like point pinpointing these people, that's going to encourage more people to want to make things, and that just becomes a perpetual cycle. Like it's it's like a self fulfilling prophecy of content that's just going to be endless. And if they can start incorporating that into the actual matchmaking with some fiesta game modes and then actually like grandfathering in some of these levels into uh uh into the regular level map rotation oh my goodness they like this is a recipe for success in a game that desperately needed it you know what would be, be kind of a cool idea you go, go ahead i already talked oh, oh i was just like, like... <laughs> stop go. just do it <laughs> so you're talking about brand grandfathering in like different game types i'm like this is the key for like the the social slayer playlist because like ranked is always going to be ranked they're going to want you know regular like the same three maps in the same game types or whatever but for the social slayer these fan-made versions of lockout and blackout or whatever these fan-made beaver creeks this is where they can really shine like we don't need official versions of these maps if the fan ones are you know good enough so i'm hoping like that is going to be the future of the the playlist, like you said, like when they, when they grandfather these in. Nave, you specifically made a, made a point when we were talking earlier today about how Forge has kind of just become dev tools for normal people. And I love the fact that, that there's so much customizability. What was that one um, specific mechanic that you said somebody got to work inside of Forge? Oh, what is about? it? 3D parallax scrolling? I think yes. that's what it's called. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really intense. I, I, it was either on tw- it was either a Twitter video or a YouTube video. I saw it when I was drinking the other night, last night, and or whenever it was. Yeah, but uh, I was just blown away, and I just forgot to save it or do anything with it so that I could find it again. What uh, what I was gonna suggest is like they absolutely should incorporate Forge maps and and modes into into matchmaking. Uh, they should invest in the creation process that would be required to do that to make sure that you are getting cool experiences, but you're also not getting bad experiences. But what would be a kind of really cool that they could do that might be a little bit uh, less intensive in terms of resources is to like set a threshold like every like if you your forge map or and mode get like over like I don't know 200 likes or something you could assume that it's not something that's completely garbage yeah. and then you can have like a surprise me button or like a random button like game Ooh. pass has, and it will just instantly to a random lobby that's doing with that map and mode uh that has at least one other person in there or something like that and you could just literally form a party hit a button and then jump into a forge map and it and because of how insane forges you have literally no clue what you'll end up doing like you could go into a slayer match on a cool new map or you can go into diglets or you can go into duck hunt or you can go into mario kart or like uh beer pong like it's just so random it'd be like the best random button ever in gaming history that's cool that's funny because at the beginning of what you were saying i thought you were going in a different direction with the forge and everything because where my brain immediately went was what if uh these people who get the creator spotlight or whatever these people who are like actively doing a uh uh injecting positive 
contributions movement. to the ecosystem uh, or something? Contribution, yeah, whatever. You guys know what I'm saying. The if they're movement? if they're actively contributing these maps and game modes is what I meant to say. These really good ones that become popular. Uh, if we if we can get cosmetics or something like that, like little like emblem, yeah. like special emblems Ooh, or like special emblems would be good. Uh, like, like visor colors. Just yeah, it's it's similar to the recon armor. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, you can probably revitalize that whole. Uh, scenario and stuff like that kind of like just similar to get how, people really wanting it yeah similar to how forza horizon 5 how they have like creator modes for the different skins that you can put on cars and the different like things that they've made and they have like the top ones that you're able to select i would love that for for armor skins i would love to have like just every time i load in let me see what they got on the discovery page today and let me download it and just add it on my dude do like you have done in um in among us and just like change change your guy up every single time i love that yeah, I know Bungie has a weekly blog for Destiny, and as part of that blog, they have like uh, uh, it's called Montage of the Week because it originally was Montage, but basically it's it's just like creators content or community content that's really cool, whether it be like a machinima or like a cool guide or like whatever random yeah. thing it is. Uh, not only does it show the game off, it shows p- members of the community off. It shows like some cool stuff that like can go viral and stuff like that. But if you get featured in the TWAB, you get a custom emblem that Ooh. nobody else will have. See, that's, and it's that's incentive to submit things. Yeah. So like the person who's the community manager is writing the blog doesn't even really have to like dig and find the content it just comes to him because people are actively submitting it uh because they want to get that emblem or whatever the incentive might be so it just makes it easier to to showcase that stuff and and it shouldn't be too hard to write a blog it doesn't have to even be weekly it could be like bi-weekly or even monthly but something just to showcase this work that's going in because there's a lot of forgers out there that are making a lot of cool stuff and right now it is kind of hard to find it if you're not like committed to forge so like i'm not sure how much forge you played nick but like you we were were like going through a catalog and we had to skip a few pages and there's issues with the catalog right now because if you go five pages deep and you see something cool and you check it out and then you back out you're back at the the beginning again and you yeah. had to scroll again and re- 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 like I was on like page 27 and I like click on something bookmark it go back and then I have to scroll 27 pages again to get to no where way was. and so you can't just like go to a bookmarks tab and then find that one thing that you you had tagged you you can but when you're scrolling through all of the maps that are there or whatever you're looking at and you bookmark something and then you want to keep looking at other stuff it will bring you to the beginning just little tiny bugs that I'm assuming will be fixed, but uh, they make the process of discovery for people who aren't super committed and invested. Cause like I never stopped playing Halo infinite. You got, I'm not sure what you guys did, but I always kind of kept it installed. They always played a little bit, but right now I think what three, four, three is trying to do is bring people back as well as like, obviously make people happy that are still playing, which they are doing. But if somebody comes back, they're not necessarily going to flip through that catalog and find the cool stuff that we found. And, and go into LFG and find other random people that are playing stuff or even know what they're looking at. Uh, so it's kind of on 343 to, to make easy ways for people to see that. And, I, and they are doing that a little bit with their Twitter. I see them always kind of posting these little tweets about like this new co-op achievement or like. Yeah, this they cool always do the play. same thing on Instagram too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it would be cool to have like a weekly or bi-weekly kind of Forge update to show this cool thing that's in Forge now. That will get a lot of eyes on it and get people back in and get people downloading and playing that map and, and whatnot. That that leads into a, a point that I've kind of been thinking about that I really wanted to ask you guys. Since it sounds like that you've gone deep into kind of this community experience with the forge modes and the custom maps and everything. Do you think that this would be an entirely different game, an entirely different Halo ecosystem 
if 343 was able to come out with these modes at launch. 100%. It yeah, desperately needed that at the it beginning. It definitely better. It would have been but like it could have been game be of the year if it came out with this at launch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it was right within that time frame too. I just I I really wish that I mean, I hate to say this, but I almost wish that they had delayed it another year. I wish they had just like not come out with it and just like let all of those Xboxes with Master Chief on the back like kind of just like stick in your crawl a little bit, but at the end of the day, like I really wish that they had kind of just cooked it a little longer. Even even six months later, at the very bare minimum, just to add in campaign co-op, because the 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 thirty minutes that I played with you two in campaign co-op is probably the most fun I've had in the campaign in Halo Infinite since the very start. That's the reason why I never finished the campaign in Halo Infinite because I just I wasn't having fun. There was not really that much focus. They tried this thing with the open world map, and I think what they tried was very admirable, and it was very courageous of them to do that. In Infinite, and I realize that it's on brand for them wanting to reboot the Halo franchise and kind of say, well, 4 and 5 existed, but wink, wink, not really. This is the new Halo that yeah. we want everybody to kind of like be in and live in. And I just like, for as good as it is now, I just, I wish I had that, uh, you know, in, in the Christmas season of 2021 when it rolled out, because I feel like it would just be a completely different universe had that had happened. Can you I push back on that a little crazy bit? Because I've had this conversation a lot with people. And, and I'm not saying that you're wrong or, or anything like that. But um, for me, uh, Halo Infinite already was delayed for a year. So I had that Master Chief box sitting on my shelf for a year yeah. before Halo Infinite came out. And personally, I would not trade that uh, launch experience, like being able to play the campaign, which I personally in, enjoyed. And um, I enjoyed it too. just for, for some like... I guess perspective a little bit on on what Xbox fans, I guess, uh, generalizing people uh, experienced with with Halo Infinite. Like Halo Infinite came out, and I think people forget this because of what happened after it came out. But when it came out, it was like 84, 85, 86 meta, something like that. Which outside of Forza games, we would put it as the the best rated first party Xbox game uh, of this whole generation. Like Xbox from twenty. I think it's from 2010 until 2021. And it was, uh, I think, a couple weeks outside of the window for Game Awards for it to be possibly nominated. Technically, it's on this year's Game Awards nominations, and I don't think it would have gone up over any other game that's there right now. Definitely wouldn't be Elden Ring or God of yeah. War. Yeah. But yeah. had it had come out like a month earlier um, and everything else being equal, I think it would have gotten a nomination for Game of the Year last year. Uh, which would be the first time an Xbox game had ever been nominated for Game of the Year since the Game Awards started. PlayStation has had a Game of the Year nomination, I think, every year. I think there's one year where they didn't, but they had several years where they've had two and one year where they had three, I'm pretty sure. And Xbox has never had a first-party game be nominated for Game of the Year ever, and I think they could have last year. So for what they had done, for every year from the original from 2010 and slash all of the xbox one generation all the problems they had all the duds they launched all the issues with games that they had halo infinite was outside of forza which is kind of its own thing it's like a sports game almost yeah uh it was the best game they've made in a very very long time at least critically speaking i know people have their issues with it and whatnot I'm talking about review scores and, and stuff like that and I would not have wanted to wait another year to play the campaign, which I enjoyed and, and I think other people enjoyed too, uh, just simply to have co-op. And and I know some people only play these games in co-op, but at, looking at the big picture, Halo Infinite was one of the biggest wins that Xbox has had from a first party release 
in so, 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 so long. And I'm talking as somebody who is clearly super invested in the Xbox ecosystem. Yeah. I have played all the games that they've released. I've been there for the beginning of the original Xbox. I've seen all the awesome games they've released and, and the highs and the lows. And Halo Infinite was a huge, huge win for them. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not 100% sold that delaying it, even though it technically, yes, it is a better game now than it was last year. I don't know if that really moves the needle. And in fact, I would argue that it might actually hurt it when you compare it to what it's up against this year, God of War, Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare uh, 2, plus Warzone 2, plus Elden Ring, plus everything else that's that's come out. So I it, I agree it is a better game now. And, and and if it launched with all this stuff last year, it would have been way better than, than it was, even though I think it was really good. But I'm not sure if it would necessarily be the best thing ever if it came out like this month or last month with everything sure. we have now. Yeah, yeah. I do. It, it is interesting stuff. kind of like when you put it in that perspective looking across the aisle over at playstation and uh bungie watching destiny and having seeing this kind of very similar situation play itself out in real time and just wonder if at the end of this uh at the end of this if is, is it going to get its second wind with all of the forge and everything um i'm also in team don't delay anymore <laughs> because well most it's very subjective but i had just recently become single in November and getting that news that Halo was dropping that day like whenever what's his name came out and started talking I knew they were about to announce that the Halo beta was there and I I was so absolutely out of my mind amped to play it and I and I and I desperately needed an escape from reality and hey that's why I've got so much time in Halo almost all of that time the bulk of it was in the first season it, it, me just losing myself into that multiplayer yeah, me too I yeah. it was something I desperately needed and yeah, one other just, t small perspective thing that I forgot to mention, this will be one second. Uh, since Halo 1 came out, there's been a new Halo game every three years or less, every mm -hmm. like like clockwork until Halo 5. And it's been, I think, five or six years between 5 and Infinite. So like for people that are huge Halo fans, which is, I think you would agree, the first group of people that they need to kind of impress with this game. Yeah. Uh, they had been waiting so long already for this game that it's just really a hard argument to tell those people that they should wait an extra year. Sure. From, from my, my opinion anyway. That's yeah, I, um, I, I definitely, I completely agree with everything that you're saying, Eric. I, I, I feel like that it, it, they were in between a rock and a hard place and it was a strategic decision for them to come out. Right. It was a very smart move. Um, that, that, you know, that Phil, the uncle Phil over at Xbox, you know, CEO of gaming, second COO of gaming. Nave clearly is the CEO of Xbox Game Studios. Everybody knows that. Everybody, everybody <laughs> respects that. But um, yeah, Phil Spencer definitely made a really, really smart move in terms of like steering 343 in the direction of like, this is the time frame that we need to come out. Because yeah, 2022 is, uh, a, this is a really weird year, right? For for gaming is a really interesting year. Obviously the big, you know, 1A, 1B, as you had said earlier, Eric, in terms of uh, Elden Ring and Ragnarok. And being able to there, there are not many games that can stack up to the, those two titles right there. So, I, I agree with you, and I and I agree with the fact that like the Halo fan base is the fan base that you need to come out with. I just something about three four three, and something about the way that this game studio has has developed this game, and the way that they have, you know, kind of pushed Halo forward um, into the future is just I think it comes down to taste and I think it comes down to what do what are you looking for in a game and what are you expecting out of a game and unfortunately the product that they have put out isn't a product for me um 
it, but that's not to say that I think that this is a bad game or this is a dead game. It's very, it's clearly very vibrant. I, I'm, I'm in it. And, and, and let's to be clear, the only aspect of Halo Infinite that I, or, or of the progression in Halo Infinite multiplayer is that that's really the one thing that kind of didn't really stick quite well with me is kind of the grindy nature. And I think that's just a, a the, the, problematic aspect the cost of doing business for any multiplayer game out there period is the fact that that they're going to put you on a treadmill and you're going to be grinding for you know a background on your player card or on your profile or skin or you know you're going to be grinding for the little cat ears or whether or not you want uh, the uh, the peppermint you know skin when it becomes holiday time that sort of thing um i i think that it's just there is a very a, a marked change in the culture of the halo community from Halo 2 and 3, especially in even Halo Reach. I personally didn't like Halo Reach multiplayer that much. It was really cool for a minute, and then it kind of like changed and distorted in a way, and and then kind of like people fell off. Um, but I, I don't think Halo multiplayer has been as good as Halo Infinite is currently in a long, long time. And let's just be clear, that 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 holiday season that Halo dropped was a magical moment in my life and very similar to you nave like we I, it's so funny because we have very lived experiences i had just recently gotten out of a relationship i was playing horizon zero dawn and halo infinite like hopping off and on between those two games back to back and it was a really um it was a very nostalgic experience being in the halo community getting teabagged you know for the first time <laughs> and i don't know how yeah. many years right it's uh it, it really is a, a special special thing to kind of jump into that space and feel halo again and that was the first time that i felt i was like this is halo um and jumping and playing it now i i feel the same way if not stronger it's just part of me also laments the fact that i don't know if they're going to be able to pull people back the way that philip said like the the whole or, or i think you said eric is that they they want to draw people back into this community into this ecosystem of what halo multi is meant to be right now and i just i I don't know if I'm the one to make this judgment call, but I, I, I honestly feel like that ship might have sailed. I think it's going to be a slow burn. I think they're going to gradually bring people back over time with each update. And then a year or two from now, uh, we're going to just be like, wow, Halo's really awesome. And there's a lot of people playing it. And where do, how did this happen? Because every with every update, you'll get more and more. But I do think that it will take that next kind of uh, big either... I don't know how they're going to do it, how they're going to deliver the next campaign, but it's going to take that big drop to come out. Like almost like, I don't think that they, I think they said they're not doing sequels. Like Halo Infinite is a 10 year thing. Yeah, it's the platform. Yeah, so whether now. that's a, the endless is what it's called at this point, but yeah. whether that's like a DLC drop or like a retail package, that's an additive thing or whatever that happens, I suspect we'll probably learn more about that this or next year, 2023. Plus they have, Project Tatanka with certain affinity, which is like their take on a battle royale, at least if the rumors are true or reports are true. So I think it's going to be like little bits of people are going to come back in, in waves until eventually like the ships have risen, like the high tide will rise the ship of Halo Infinite. And uh, I had this conversation with with uh, my friend Ains at Season Gaming and Halo Infinite as an arena shooter, I don't think, and as a kind of console exclusive i know it's on pc but it's not on playstation uh arena shooter is never going to be like the number one game it will never be fortnite it will never be call of duty because people want to play battle royale games and people want to play uh games like more people are playing games that are multi-platform games halo is a niche product that will always be like that 
for the rest of time. Like gaming has just evolved beyond uh, the sandbox that Halo Infinite is. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that to be a success. It has to be a, a fun game that has a good, a big, like sustainable community. And if you look at games like Dead by Daylight, which I suspect Halo will be more popular than Dead by Daylight, but Dead mm-hmm. by Daylight is a very niche game that has a very long tail and a very dedicated community. That it's got keeps a dedicated community. People yeah, love that game. Exactly. Warframe is very similar, although I think Warframe is bigger than Dead by Daylight, but there's just this critical mass that I don't think they've ever even come close to dipping below that they need to hit to be a successful product. And I think that they'll stay way above that and create even more distance from that as time goes on. And I think Halo Infinite will be fine. I want to jump onto the end of that train of thought because you, you uh, was, I've been hammering home this entire time uh, all about the community and nurturing that community and all of these games that you've mentioned before that you that you're comparing kind of not Halo specifically to but the the environment that Halo's being brought into Dead by Daylight and Warframe and stuff those these are all games that have absolutely nurtured their community like the developers really care about this community and i'm i'm really rooting for 343 because i feel like they have the ability to make this game uh, a massive success and one thing that i the, the one of the big reasons is because just looking at all of these games that everyone is playing in custom and seeing how goofy and casual everything is like halo 5 was a sweat fest in multiplayer right and whenever you go into like Grand Theft Auto, you have so many different uh, types of things that you could be doing, like RP servers and all kinds of things. And I think Halo has the potential to become huge like Fortnite. Like I, I, I don't think it will be. I think it just has a, a small chance because of this uh, really intricate and diverse uh, uh, abilities at our fingertips with the Forge mode, how insanely uh, uh, customizable everything it seems to be. And if we go forward... Uh, just cooking this forge mode and putting it in the forefront and 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 desperately desperately uh grabbing out to uh, reaching out to people who are making these awesome like the toy story level or the guy that made the call of duty zombies map and forge it's like if you're tapping on these people and saying good fucking job keep keep doing this we're going to and we're going to endorse this this is great in fact like here's this guy's youtube channel like go out of your way and like nurture these people and th- and that's how you get your community community to grow um like i've been like i was saying before i was playing vampire survivors and watching chris reagan just forge for a while and it is uh, it is these content creators that are going to drive this market like the gaming industry has become uh very driven by content creators like destiny like has a lot of amazing content creators like you were saying before with and you and they get highlighted in that blog post if we could just if we could just get our finger on that pulse halo infinite can be something great i'm just scared because i love this game so much almost as much as elden ring you don't have to be scared man <laughs> it's going to be fine do you think Trust me. do you guys think that there we're going to get more main like are we going to get another mainline Halo story drop inside of Halo Infinite? Yeah, definitely. Yes. I think that was the intended development path for Halo Infinite. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't 100% sure. I didn't really look too closely at the roadmap. Do you think they're going to change the title of it when they do no, that? No, I think that's why it's like Infinite. It's supposed to be like they just keep stacking on it. I think it's supposed to be like a yeah. Destiny 1, Destiny like, 2. They sure. drop a not a yearly because they're a lot slower, it seems, than uh, Bungie. So it's going to be a little bit till they develop another campaign. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the question is like the scope of it. Like, is it going to be like, let's say at E3 next year, they reveal that next fall there's going to be a DLC that story DLC that comes out and it's like a, a like a I don't know six to eight hour experience. Is it going to be that or is it going to be something that comes out in like 2024, 2025 and it's another Halo Infinite campaign that's that same scope, like maybe a different halo ring or a different part of zeta halo or like this huge open like we don't know what the scope's going to be or how it's going to be delivered yet but we do know that from what they've said anyway halo infinite is supposed to be a 10-year uh kind of arc and there's going to be story beats that take place that we haven't seen yet that will come in that arc we've what we've played so far is kind of like the force awakens of of this arc where it's like setting up characters and showing you the bad guys and like yeah kind of pointing in the direction that things may may go but we just don't know when the next update's coming or how it's going to be delivered sure. the scope of it or, or literally anything well honest. that might be the master plan because of course forge is only gonna get better with time you can look at master chief collection and see that that is still an active population of people playing that and it's because of the custom games or people just replaying the old ones i think with this 10-year plan that might be enough to turn this into the next uh it's kind of big to say uh but the warcraft 3 where back before Blizzard pulled the plug on it, Warcraft 3 has still had a continuous community, even though that game was like, I don't know, 20 years old or something like that, where even whenever I didn't play any of the Warcraft or other Warcrafts, whenever I became like 15, I bought my copy and I would just play custom games because that's what it was to me. It was a place to hang out with my friends like Shadow and them, and we would just play goofy tower defense, uh, Among Us before Among Us, uh, these games that were like League of Dota. Legends with the hero fighters or team fight tactics in back before these game types really got crazy big and became, you know, games on their own. That's, that's what I hope to see for Halo Infinite, which sucks because we are still at the very, you said the force awakens that that's it. We are at the very early stage of it, but the amount of fun me and Nave had playing the campaign and with Nick joining him partly where we just bullied him for the whole time yep. he was with the us. entire time, just <laughs> ran away from me the whole time. Yeah. I loved it. Like we had so much fun me just playing through this campaign with two people. Like, and it's not like, this is a wide open halo. The other halos are, you know, basic corridor shooters, get to the end, fight your way back, whatever, you know, they were set levels. The amount of expression that you have in the open world, like it is more sparse. It's got the breath of the wild emptiness in some parts, but yeah. me and they were having fun, which is not something we can say for every game we play for the pod. Yeah. And it had a pretty rough development uh, that's been widely reported. There was drastic changes that happened right before the end. I'm not making excuses for them, but uh, right now they have a foundation. They have the tools built. They have the team in place. They have a sense of direction. That at least we assume they do. They have, quote, a plan. And so right now it's just about kind of executing instead of creating because not only did they kind of get new leadership in in 343, but they built a brand new engine from scratch. They completely changed how Halo campaigns play, which had been the same for almost 20 years at that point. And uh, they, like we had talked about a little bit at the earlier in the pod, they took big swings and they took chances and they made... Uh, they didn't always land them. They didn't land uh, all of them, I should say. But um, I think the, personally, I think the future is really bright. Um, but I, I don't know. I like I don't know what you guys were doing back in like 2004 or 2007. But like back then when Halo was like the number one entertainment property on planet Earth uh, in 2004, it broke every entertainment media record for sales. That will never 
be the case again. I don't yeah, think. And I don't think that that's, yeah. uh, should be the barometer for success, whether or not it can be number one, uh, the number one game. I think that it's, it's going to have its carve its own really still really large chunk out of the gaming community. And I think it will foster that and, and keep that. And yeah. I just really um, wish that I just sincerely wish that maybe when we see another like destiny style, you know, season update with, you know, a new, a new storyline that we get to play. I, I wish that maybe three, four, three slash Xbox is able to work at a deal with Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore to do the music for one of those, because, oh my God, I mean that the, the music and the sound design is what made those earlier games. And I, you know, they, they had a whole team put together for this. That is, is, is okay. Um, but that's just the one one of my big things that stick in my crawl about you know the whole the, the campaign score is uh, the fact that it's uh, not it doesn't hit as many iconic moments as uh, I, I was expecting it to to do. Um, but yeah, I mean that's, the, those are like pie in the sky dreams, right? Well, you know, pie maybe in the sky. this is yeah. I got one for you. So okay. firefight is still absent from Halo Infinite, and that's been there since Halo ODST. So I'm hoping the next big chunk now that Forge, once forge gets settled next big chunk could be the return of firefight but not just that but forge firefight where you're able to i don't know like place waves maybe next thing you know you are recreating previous halo campaign levels in forge to play with the halo infinite, infinite moveset no see you're on to you're onto the same thing that i was about to jump in on i was thinking more along the lines of just having a custom level creator since you were talking about warcraft and everything because i think there are That's npcs and in yeah, there uh, you Forge, can do right? full NPCs and everything. So just ha- making your own like levels, just like in what was it? Doom 2016 was the one that had that custom campaign snap map. thing, snap map thing. Yeah, uh, Proteus also has all those custom levels. But being able yeah. to like create stuff like that, that is just another way to get your com- to get your community to engage with your product in a positive way that creates more memories for everyone around it. And it's like I as as far as pie in the sky for me though is. I'm 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 looking forward at the campaign content right now that we have co-op we get to look forward to the fuck was that Molly come on Molly get it together she yelped in my bedroom I don't know she probably ran into my bed or something she's stupid um anyway what was I saying uh I'm looking at the campaign uh, right and we're gonna we get to look forward to all the DLC having co-op obviously right so I've been wondering what the campaigns were gonna be like do you guys uh what do you guys think about like you think they'll ever do kind of like a loop in the third style, like giving other people like a little bit more creative freedom on this DLC and like ex- like unloading this uh, like uh, pressure onto other like developers in the, in the Microsoft community? Do. I'm praying so. they do. Let's do first party. I mean, but like you talk about first party. I mean, PlayStation literally has this isn't a Mario point. Rabbit situation. Yeah, but PlayStation literally had Blue Point work on God of War Ragnarok with sony santa monica like i mean it's not it's not completely out of the picture for this type of content well this is already happening with the rumored uh battle royale like they're they're they exported that uh yeah did respawn do it tell me respawn did it it's certain affinity max hoberman's team he's the guy that designed halo 2 multiplayer he's the guy that basically designed matchmaking as a concept for console video game they've done a lot of they're like a like a satellite studio um I don't know if what you're referring to is like have a different team take lead on a new Halo project because they already they already well, kind of help each other within Microsoft Studios. Like there's people at like Gears of uh, the Coalition. The coalition, that help yeah. 
the sea of thieves make their water physics like like there's someone at the coalition also that helped design a monsters in in um evil within yeah or, or, that's like that's kind like, of mordo's thinking along the lines of like having smaller having smaller story chunks like in my head i always had this like fantasy of all of the dead spartans that you get all of your uh armor abilities from philip probably knows where i'm going with this because i used to not be able to shut up about it but like what if you had small little like final fantasy 15 style dlc character segments where you played a chapter in the life of this different character right like you if you have the character who has the dash upgrade that you get uh all he has in his suit is the dash and like that whole segment is his story but also gameplay centered around only using that dash and maybe like he has a specialized version of it. Like his dash is better than what Master Chief gets because his armor was it was made for him or something like that. Yeah. And what if they had like different like different little that lead lead devs like someone from the coalition is doing the dash guy you know what i mean and somebody from rare is doing the shield guy or like 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 don't go drastic and give all of the control to someone else but maybe just give just have little different splashes of flavor on this game to give it more color in the single player and co-op experience but obviously that's shooting for the stars yeah yeah, I mean that was something that I was literally I was asking you to spoil it for me because because I I haven't finished the campaign yet, but something that I was really Master wanting Blade. is that yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> crazy right? Um, you know something that I really was asking for because of I'm such a fan of the extended Halo universe was that like hey like I remember it was really cool in Halo Four and Five when they started incorporating members of Blue Team into the actual storyline. You actually met Linda. And then, like, like, obviously, you know, you had George and 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 all those people, and they were referring to the Spartan twos uh, back in Reach and everything like that. But something that I was really, really like looking for in Halo Infinite was like, hey, like, let's incorporate this rich, rich, very dense universe inside of the actual story, like the mainline story content to like give more people contextualization of what the rest of this universe is like. Or for example, like you were, you were talking about doing that, like, you know, a, a you know, an seven, eight hour experience from somebody in the, in the life of another person, kind of like final fantasy 15. Like what if they had you play as each of the Spartans from blue team and they show up on another one of the, you know, the, the forge, the, the, the worlds that the, um, that the precursors, I forget what are the forerunners have built. Uh, or something along the lines of hey like let's go back to the covenant and let's dig into more the lore of the covenant because that was something that i was really bummed out on the fact that like obviously you have the banished and the banished are markedly going to be a different type of enemy from the covenant but what if they explored more of the concept and you got to play as the dude like the one dude that got like the brute or something like that uh that got destroyed like uh what is his name atarax uh in the very beginning the one that kind of owns chief atrax uh, like atriox atriox oh, excuse me thank you um Double like down. what if you were able to like play as a brute the same way that oh, that was a completely mind-bending experience in halo 2 when you got to play as an arbiter for the first time like that's the kind of stuff that i'm going for and i, I would i would love to see something them get weird just get weird with it you know what i mean Oh my yeah. god, asymmetrical multiplayer Gears of War style horde mode, but you get to I play as that. enemies too. It no, this has got to happen no. now. <laughs> it's, it does it have to happen. I'm That's sure it will. I'm sure you could do it in, in Forge, right? I love playing yeah. the tickers. <laughs> Just running up while people blow up. Yeah, All right, yeah We are going that... really long. We need to move this long. Any dire oh, meat points yeah. you guys need to hit? I agree with the stuff people are saying. <laughs> yes yeah same uh real quick uh me points that i have 
Uh, we played up to three player online and we froze a lot in campaign. It was still worth it. Uh, Nave broke the game at one point in the scene where you get weapon for the first time. He was grapple hooking around because he had the advanced grapple hook and he got there so fast that it explodes. So it would instantly kill him. But then whenever I would go in the cutscene, whenever I got there and triggered it, I would also instantly die. And so we were stuck in an endless loop of just dying every time we got weapon. <laughs> so we had to restart that level. Uh, me and Nave discovered an achievement where there's an achievement where you need to kill five people on the back of a mongoose with a gravity hammer. You have the gravity hammer, not them. But the gravity hammer has to be an actual gravity hammer. It can't be Atriox's gravity hammer that you get in, at the end of the game. Uh, I'm sure besides that, that, that seems like an obvious bug. Yeah, it's 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 very strange. Uh, there's friendly fire, but the friendly fire seems weakened, so it's not full yeah. damage. Thank God. Because in every other Halo, it is full damage. <laughs> like you kill someone in two punches, and this it takes like three or four punches. Uh, you see Spartan bodies in the cutscenes, so a lot of times me and Nave will die in the final room, and there'll just be like five <laughs> Master Chief bodies in the cutscene because they're all in engine. Uh, the campaign's fun. <laughs> Nothing more to say. Yeah, very goofy. I think they increase grapple hooking. Is great. Yeah, you can grapple hook each other too, which is interesting. Awesome, and there's no player collision, oh, so you yeah. still whoop right through them. <laughs> I literally, I did, I did that with you, Nape, when we were jumping in there. Yeah, I ping ponged off of you because you are the grapple hook king in that game. I didn't realize how fucking much ass I haul in Halo until I played You're with just you. Gone. And I just, I turn Jesse. around to go look at a little something, and Nave is just not even there. He's all the way across the map. Well, this Halo is so different because I went back this week to play some Halo. I think I played Halo 2 campaign just because for some reason I felt like going back. I played one go. mission and I'm like, oh, man, Chief is so slow in this yeah. one. And then I went back to Infinite and I just played Infinite campaign solo because I was That's the problem. having like, fun. There's so many games that are like that where you go into the sequels, you can't. it's hard to go back. Like I can't play Doom, Doom 2016 anymore. just doesn't feel right because you are so fucking fast in Doom Eternal. Like It feels so wrong to not be like hauling all the ass. All but right. I'm just like that in video games, I guess. Any final me points? Uh, all right, boop, 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 music plays. All right. <laughs> and we're back. Halo Eternal. Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Not <laughs> Halo Eternal. Yeah. You were correct. Uh, final words. I'll take this first one. I had a lot of fun playing the campaign. Me and Nate were probably going to go back and finish it just in our off time. right? Because yeah. we're achievement hunters and there's a lot of new co-op achievements. This game, I feel like whenever you're playing a solo, uh, if you're a Halo fan, you've already played it. That's it. You've probably played it through solo. And that's your playthrough. If you're not a crazy big Halo fan, Playing co-op could be the move for you because it felt like Far Cry 6 or 7, whichever one we played, where it was like we're just roaming the map as like murder hobos. Like that's the whole game. But it was fun in Halo because you're there's so much verticality. You get to use these great weapons. Whereas in Far Cry, it was like we would just walk in, shoot the red guys, and then leave. This is like we would jump in. We would see the different mix. Uh, be like, oh, man, there's hunters over on this one or there's a, there's a tank and just stuff like that. This game felt so much funner to play as a group because it became a tactics thing. We're like, oh, Nave, we need to split up and come from different sides. Pincher maneuver. Or I'm just going to suicide run in there because I'm out of ammo at this point. I need you to stay back. Like we were so much more tactical with this than most of the other games we played with, even though Halo is very run and gun. So I'm going to recommend this just for the campaign alone. But... I recommend the custom games even more. Just go out and look for an LFG. Join in. Don't be scared. You don't even need to talk. Outside, the mic is optional. Just jump in, 
and play some silly games. My final word's done. Who wants next? I'll take next. Not me. Um, okay. I, I completely agree. Thank, thank you for your final words, though, Philip, because I think I need to rip the Band-Aid off on the LFGs and just jump in there and uh, just get weird with it, you know? Yeah, weird I, I think, yeah, <laughs> I I really do like Halo Infinite. I think this is a, a good game in its core experience, and there's so much fun to be found here um, in this game. I, I would strongly recommend anybody who, like, is yearning to take a break from Modern Warfare 2 or Overwatch 2 join Halo Infinite because I guarantee you join Tax Slayer, Team Slayer, and maybe you can forget, you know, Big Team Battle or anything like that. But like any of these, you know, Rumble Maps, Fiesta, even the base games if you're not looking for any type of custom maps are still fun and they're still like punchy and it's a great experience if you want to just if you have like 15 minutes, 20, 30 minutes to play, just jump in there and play a quick round or two and I guarantee you you're, you're going to have fun and you're going to get hooked and you're going to want to play more. Um, I, I think that this is a, a, a great title overall. And, and, and like, like Eric was saying before, this is going to be a win for Xbox. I'm personally excited for the future. The, the things that we were asking for, the things that we were looking at potentially to happen, like it's not too far from reality. And I, I genuinely think that, you know, the, the future of Halo is bright. That's going to be it for me. The uh, the LFG stuff, I guess I'll do mine now. The LFG stuff, I'd highly recommend everyone go do that because there's no penalty for just leaving at any time. You know, they can't yeah. I mean, they, if they chase you down, just report them. They'll get they'll get comms banned. doesn't matter. But no, nobody cares. It's just such a clown fiesta, as Philip likes to say, uh, playing in LFGs. The and if someone's if someone's uh, weirding you out, uh, mute them. And that usually solves it. And if they're being toxic in game, just go to a new one. There's, there's hundreds of them at any given time, especially on the weekends. And um, speaking of clown fiestas, I highly recommend everyone, even if you've already played the campaign, just go and goof around in the in the uh, campaign with a couple of friends. It is so funny. The, it is so fun. The sandbox is great. It's never been. It's probably never been better. I honestly believe that. Like as far as uh, gameplay is concerned. Um, and the goofiness with the glitches and the AI and all the different things that you can pull off, like if you're just goofing off and speed running with your friends who really are have intricate knowledge of the game, cough, cough, I beat the game on lasso. Uh, so it's like you, there are a lot of goofy things that I got to show Philip, and and Philip was just like, oh my time. god, this is great. It's really, it's it's a it's a it's a great time. And uh, they add was something we never mentioned, but in this update they added the ability to select missions now. So if you're someone like me who uh, missed a couple of uh, audio logs in the first mission or whatever before you even knew what an audio log was, you can now select that mission and go back and do stuff. And there are new achievements. Like they're they're not all co-op achievements either. Like there are there's an achievement for like. Uh, going through an entire mission, a specific mission with the stalker rifle, and I don't think the stalker rifle exists in that mission. So it so you need to bring uh, it, it, in. it uses the uh, new systems that they've added to encourage you to go back and do uh, goofy things. And this game does that thing where it's like you kill Tartarus, you get his cool hammer, but you're done with the game. So what are you going to do with that hammer? And there's nothing else to do. You, since you're going back with your friends, you use your own campaign slot. So whenever I joined with Philip, I had a rocket launcher and an energy sword because I was using my lasso save. And so it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I'm like in the first mission with a, with a rock while Philip has a pistol and he's sad. I'm like running around <laughs> grapple hooking with my maxed out grapple hook, slicing and dicing people. I was like, man, he's really having fun over there. Wish I was having fun. 
but it's it's great and it's an awesome excuse to use your uh uh like tartarus hammer and like go to your yeah. thing and grab it, go it. to a new map yeah it's awesome and and being able to just be in the back seat of a mongoose is with with a with a human driving it, it's it's awesome all right uh eric how about you final words yeah, I'll keep it short. Uh, pretty much everything that you guys said is true. Uh, Halo Infinite is a really fun sandbox to jump around in. Uh, Forge is very fun to jump into custom games. Uh, I will say, uh, as a reminder, because it's uh, sometimes people don't realize this, but the multiplayer portion of Halo Infinite is completely free even if you don't have Game Pass uh, or if you're on PC or something like that. So there's really no barrier to jump into Forge. And there's tons of Discord communities, or you can head over to Halo Waypoint and, and join in the forums there if you kind of want to filter uh, the perspective lobbies a little bit more. If you have uh, the capacity to kind of uh, create a Discord account and join a specific Halo Forge Discord or forum, chances are you're going to be a little bit uh, less toxic or be a little bit less of what people are afraid of running into when they get uh jump into lfg so that's a, a pro tip uh but yeah um i think the campaign co-op is is really fun i think the campaign in general is really fun and the different things that uh you have to do to kind of get some of these achievements can lead to some really kind of uh hectic and fun scenarios and there's also just different mini challenges you can create for yourself like jump off uh, the physics is insane where you can literally like shotgun your or, or um uh, slingshot yourself like literally across the entire map of the world and land for, on, from one end to the other, which is insane. And while you're in the midair, you can grapple Jack a banshee. And there's just so many cool <laughs> yeah, things that you can do. It's just, good. there's, yeah, it's just, it's just a really fun time. Uh, but even if you don't want to commit to Game Pass or commit to buying, you can hop into Forge for free and uh, just the world's your oyster at that point. That's such an amazing pro tip that I never even considered that you said earlier. The Discord server thing, holy shit. Like, if you have yeah. some good Discord servers, you need to send them my way because I would love to find some good custom games in Discord because that's just one extra hoop you have to jump through. So that's a lot less – it's a lot less likely you're going to run into a bunch of boneheads. Yeah, boneheads. just keep adding people to your – if, if, you, if you play Forge with somebody and you have a good experience, add them to your friends list. And before you know it, you're going to sign an Xbox Live. You're going to have a friends list full of people forging, having a fun time. You can just hop in and out, build friendships and stuff like that. Like you have to you used to have to do in, in Optimatch and old days, Xbox Live, Rainbow Six, three servers, finding your friends that like that. Anyways. Yeah, it's perfect. Well, all right, dear co-op listener at home. That is, I think... This is our third episode covering Halo Infinite where in the beta we were like, man, I can't wait. This this is so fantastic. It's only going to get better. Then the campaign came out and we're like, oh man, this is fantastic. I can't wait till Forge comes out. It's going to get so much better. Forge is out and I can't wait. I think it's going to get so much better. So that's four positive <laughs> recommendations for Halo Infinite. Go check it out. At this point, I want to thank our guest, Eric Game Positive, Nick, Friday Night Gamecast. Thank you. Thank you. Links down below. Now, Nave, what are we playing next week? IDK, bro. We should play Risk of oh Rain 2. Oh my god. Molly. Risk of Rain 2, Nave. Risk of Rain 2? Yeah, it's another shooter, I think. Play? I just want to clear out this backlog. We have so many games that you have physically bought me. Because you just bought me another one. What's it? Um, The one JP recommended. Oh, What is Showdown? Risk of yeah. Rain about? I I'm not know. sure. I don't know. No <laughs> one's recommended to us. Okay. But it's like a rogue Nave just got me Hunt Showdown as well, which is a Battle awesome. Royale, I believe. I'll but play that with you guys. Really? Oh, right, you, you play Hunt Xbox? Showdown with us? Hell yeah. That's okay. like Tarkov, but it takes place in dark fantasy Louisiana. I have played a little bit of Hunt Showdown, and I think, it's, I think it's very interesting. Okay. 
So maybe showdown, maybe risk of rain. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But we really need to wrap it up. <laughs> it, we've gone two hours and 20 minutes at this point. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, shit. It, it hasn't <laughs> felt like that long. Zencast doesn't have like a, I don't have like a timer. Here, oh, I have anyway. the timer. I'm oh, supposed to be guiding you guys, I guess. Okay. Sorry. It's very small. 222. Right. Well, thanks for joining us this week, co op partners. Maybe we can all go play some diglets together next time. Hell yeah. I'm, tea, I'm teabagging, Until but you then. can't hear it. Until then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Man, I didn't get to Bye. tell the story, but in the very first match we played in customs, I guess this is going on the show, but uh, we, we were just in a lobby with a bunch of children, and I got killed, and my teammate walked out of his way, teabagged me twice, and then kept on his way. It's so Your funny. teammate? My teammate did, and I'm just laughing, because it's like... The hate it's just a halo thing. I don't it know is. any it is other. It's 100% a halo thing. It's Hashtag yeah. just halo things. Halo I mean, it's like, sign of friendship. Oh my god. It's like in Dead by Daylight whenever uh I saw the killer and I was like I'm going to die. So I just started crouching a bunch and then he's ghost face and he starts crouching a bunch and then stabs me to death. I love these goofy interactions. Perfection. Bye. I guess